FGC Jump Squad, your premier Tekken podcast. This is the FGC Job Squad, Episode 7. I'm your host, Kadizi, with my co-host, Ian, a.k.a. Pickle. And we have a very special guest today, Spirogen. Thank you for coming on, bro. Thank you so much. Very nice hero, to meet you. Hero. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Awesome, awesome. So, okay. yeah, the, uh, we wanted you on this podcast because last time that we had a guest was NYK. I'm not sure if you heard that podcast, but he did mention, you know, the whole Spiro versus... Uh, What's homeboy's name? Arario. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I was heard a big part of the podcast. So we obviously yeah. wanted to hear your side of the, story, of the story too. But yeah, before we, yeah, before we get to that, <laughs> we, we got to start at the beginning. So how'd you get into like the, what, what was the first step towards getting into competitive Tekken for you? Oh man. First step towards getting into competitive Tekken. Competitive Tekken was always competitive. Like it, as long as I've even known what Tekken yeah. was, it was competitive. Because like the first times I came across it was really uh, at a friend's house mm. and at an arcade. Which Tekken? Which Tekken was that? So we're looking at like Tekken Two at the uh, at the friend's house. Yeah, and I'm oh, sorry, I, I don't really know exactly where. Where are you from? I don't think I've uh, ever known this exactly. Yeah, I'm from Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, I grew up about an hour, hour and change outside of east of New York City. Yeah, because I always known you were East Coast. I just never knew exactly where you were from, but I just assumed New York. But I just wanted to make sure. Okay, so New York. Yeah. Long Island. Okay, so going to homie's house, playing Tekken 2 on the PlayStation, right? Yeah, so it was like, you know, at that point, I was just, I never even, honestly, I don't even think I had much of a recollection of fighting games. I think I had tried Tekken 1. A couple of years before that, um, like one time, just just mashing the buttons. I really didn't know much. Um, and then, you know, this is like I was like big, big Final Fantasy guy at the time. I was like, oh, we're going to play Final Fantasy 3. Let's go. Back when they called it Final Fantasy 3, you know, it's 6. Right. And, uh, and he's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're playing this game called Tekken. I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, yeah, me and my brother, we got Tekken, so we're playing that. So we all got to play that. You know, it was like one of those things, like older friend, you got to do, <laughs> yeah, do what they yeah. say. What the cool kids yeah. are doing. <laughs> exactly. I was the younger one, so I was like, oh, okay. And uh, it was, just meant so much right there the first day. It was like, you know, you got to beat the older brother and the friend. And, and I was just getting rocked. And I was like, I got to buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> Did I start off on, on three and... Like my, it was kind of a similar situation. My older brother is the one that, that got the game, and funny enough, he used to play Eddie with just two buttons, three and four, and just 
you know, just fucking mash all the buttons together and he would just beat me. You know, I didn't even know what I was doing, obviously, and that's all it took to beat me during that time. Yeah, that's all you need, man. That's all you need. Two buttons. <laughs> to this day, is that, is that still true to this day? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it could be. <laughs> um, okay. So, for, yeah. so, you're, so you're playing Tekken 2 on the PS1 and then you, you just kept getting, just grinding it out and with no was, arcade was, in the picture at the scene? At that point, there was still no arcade yet. So I was just getting rocked and I remember... Uh, the the most like dreadful like difficult memories I have of Tekken Two was after buying it, trying to just beat the game on easy. <laughs> I've heard of this, <laughs> and I was myself. yeah, I would I sat there for like, dude, it was like hours. I, I, if it seemed like hours, when you're a kid, you don't you know, and and it just like I remember just losing to Kazuya, losing and losing, and then I finally beat Kazuya, and I'm, I won, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> devil. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just took forever, forever. And That's uh awesome. yeah, and then I started going over there and I was like getting some games in. I was I was winning. I was like, all right, all right, that that Kazuya Devil practice paid off. So like at that point I kind of uh obviously I had an idea of what this game was and how to how to play it. And then when I would go to the mall what would happen is I, there was an arcade at the mall and I saw that there was Tekken Tag 1. Oh, shit, so a few years later, right? It was probably around the same time. So it was pro- this was probably around 1999 when Tag 1 came out at arcades. So I think I remember seeing Tag 1. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tekken 2, Tekken Tag 1, what's that? Then I think I let my friend know and he's like, yeah, yeah we got this. Yeah, we got to get Tekken 3. It's like... That's out. That's the newer one. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh, sh. How was the really? scene back then for like for those games? I know Tag was one of the, the biggest games, right, for, for competitive Tekken? So at that point, I was like 12 years old. So I wasn't, um, I really wasn't able to like yeah, travel. go out much. And like, it was honestly like, even going to the arcade was just yeah. sheer like begging my mom yeah. to like let me go while they go, like while she <laughs> goes shopping at the mall. And, um, but there was a scene. There were there were these older guys there. Like I would, I was a twelve year old boy, and I'm like watching like teenagers and and these like you know guys in their twenties like <laughs> lining up. I remember seeing like all the tokens were like lined up on the machine. I was like, what is that? Like, yeah, put your token down, kid. Put your token. Get in line. Ooh, That's so, hey. dude. I'm super regretful. Like I feel like I mean, I wish I was older. I wish to experience that. I feel like that you know lining tokens up and just being at the arcade like. I don't know, man. It seems like such a special experience. It is. It was something like I cannot explain. There's nothing like it. It really was like you couldn't say it better than that. A special experience. It was. It was. It was super. It was just amazing. Yeah, was, I never got to experience it either. But everyone that always mentions it, it's like, yeah, you know, we have offline, we have this, but it's not the same as the arcades. You know, it's like just different no. energy. It's, it's, it doesn't feel the same. And I, I mean, it makes sense, you know. But I, it sucks that most of us won't won't be able to actually ever get to experience that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's true. like Narnia it's... or some shit. Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> that's okay, how you never see get... I've never seen that. I don't know. Oh, okay. I guess that's an anime. <laughs> Narnia is like a, a special world, like full of mythical beasts and creatures. Like but, Japan, uh... That's what I think of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really, but, uh... it felt it felt that way because all these dudes, they all played different characters, and they were all. It was like this. I, I noticed like this camaraderie between everyone and this competitiveness. I would see people all standing around watching, getting excited when people would get wins. So it was like, as a 12-year-old, I would look at these guys like, 
and it was just I didn't want to leave. I never want. I was like, I remember, like, I pretty much would be like crying when my mom would like take me away, you know. <laughs> and then, awesome. and and what was even more mis- like mysterious and like mystical was when like we would be leaving there at, like you know three, four o'clock sometimes. And then, if there was ever a day I was at the arcade and it was late, like five, six o'clock, you start to see mad people come in. And then I was like, whoa, what is this? Who are all these people? But I was never able to go at night. Like, I remember because there was a movie theater near there. So, like, there were times where, like, I was with my family and we would drive by the arcade to go to the movie theater and I would just see crowds of people, like, out the door, tons of people around the Tekken machine. And it just was the most. I, it was just like, oh my god, what is this? And I, I never got to experience that at twelve, but I got to experience that like later on when I was a little bit older. Do you remember the name of that arcade? It was Time Out. Oh, okay, mm. yeah, we had a Time Out in my town growing up too. I think that's like a chain, right? It's like, it's like yeah, one. yeah. So it's, it's like a, it was a Namco run chain uh, at the time. A lot of malls had it all over the country. Yeah, because I think the tokens had Pac Man on it or some shit. I, I remember that vividly. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So you so at this time, you know, you're trying to get to the arcade as much as you can, but you get Tekken three. Do you spend a lot of time Tekken three at home, or how how that happened? Did you get the oh copy yeah. Of that? Oh yeah. So then it got I got like super into it. So Final Fantasy started to like drip away, <laughs> and then um, it's interesting because I as a as a kid growing up, um, I struggled with video games. I really did. I had a hard time doing well at any video game I played. I always was like a slow learner. Um, and I, I kind of just stuck to a few because I was like, all right, I got the hang of Mario. I got the hang yeah. of like, Tetris. I was like, all right, let me just stick to these games. Um, but then like once Tekken came into my life, I kind of just stopped playing all video games and just played Tekken only. Did it take a like, while to, to learn Tekken? I feel like, I mean, you're saying you struggled with video games. Isn't Tekken like a pretty harsh game to, you know, get into? I th- I, it is. It's a hard game. So I think that it was probably... It was another reason why I gave up everything else. I just put all my my eggs into that basket. Yeah. When when do you feel like like when did you feel like the game started clicking for you? Like, how long or it's like that it's like that moment when you think it's clicking, yeah. <laughs> and then the moment when it actually clicks, yeah. So yeah. So what happened was I um I ended up get, getting down to that arcade more and more as I like thirteen, and then and then when I was like almost fourteen. Tekken 4 was like coming out and I remember the arcade I was like yeah we're gonna get Tekken 4 and I was like really Tekken 4 <laughs> and then I was like oh shit and then all of a sudden there was another like huge place it was like a, a super center it was like an arcade an ice rink like a bowling alley it was called Sports Plus so is that this is in Long Island this is in Long Island right across a, it's in a, a town called Lake Grove and the air and the mall is called the Smith Haven Mall so, like, uh, Sports Plus opened up right across the street from the mall. And what happened was it actually ended up putting time out out of business. So, it was like, I was super heartbroken because I feel like all oh, the arcade's going down. But then, when I went in, into Sports Plus, it was like Tekken 4 was there. So, this shut down you your, old, your old place, but, I mean, did you, did you, were you okay with that? I mean, I know you lost your like your your main arcade, but you said, this is, was this better in in kind of in any way or? In the end, it ended up being better. It, it ended up being better all in all because um, really, my parents didn't want me to even be at that arcade in the mall because yeah. it, they said that there was drug addicts and low lifes there and stuff. You know, <laughs> are they wrong? 
I don't know. Probably. They probably were wrong. They were probably just like <laughs> judging everybody. So, um, so sports plus was definitely more of like a family center. And it was, there was like security guys, guards, and this is way more, I guess, appropriate for a young, for like a young kid to go there, especially be left there by themselves, you know? Right. There's, there's stuff going on. There's ice rink, people practicing. Yeah. Sure. I actually yeah. used to practice ice hockey when I played ice hockey in, in high school there, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's we'll talk about that for a second. Well, what were you into as, as a kid, you know, competing interests and hobbies? You know, what else were you doing? So I literally was just a complete Tekken. Like, I was video games up until Tekken and then just Tekken, like, once I hit, like, 14, 15 years old. I really not even 13 years old, I guess. Um, but then when I got into high school, I expanded. I played handball and I played ice hockey. Oh, that's awesome! For sure, that's really. And cool. Amer- I played American handball, not like European handball, like against the wall. <laughs> Some I don't even know what handball that. is. I've no. That's why I said that because most people don't know what handball is. Right? <laughs> okay, is that just like racquetball but with your hand? Exactly, it's the same exact rules as racquetball or tennis, and yeah, you just use a. You actually use a racquetball. Um, Unless you're like some maniac and you use like the official hard rubber, super hard rubber handles. Nobody does that. I got into racquetball like randomly, maybe like when I was like 20, 21. So like two years, I just, my gym had it and I just saw the courts and they were always, you know, like somewhat empty. And I just one day I bought, I bought a racket and like apparently one of the, like the, the best players in, in San Diego like trained there. So in the afternoon you would get like, like these top players and they were all just killers. And I just started like, you know, playing with them. But after a while, like, dude, racquetball is so fun. I had no idea, like, what that was. I, I never played racquetball until that gym. I think LA Fitness is the one that, that has it. But It looks nice. pretty intense. It looks yeah, pretty it's, intense. it's so fun. Like, it, it looks it looks very simple, dude. But being accurate with, in, in racquetball is, is no joke, dude. It's a, it's a fun sport. It really I, is. I, I think it's deceiving because, like, you always see, like, 80-year-old dudes playing it. So it's like, dude, fuck. they are the most dangerous, man. Trust me. The most dangerous. <laughs> For sure. 80 years of placement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, all those guys have no power, but they just know how to make you chase the ball like a dog. And you'll just be running back and forth, side to side, and they're just standing in place laughing at you. Like that, that happened so many times. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, okay, you're doing that. So, you're going to this new arcade. Uh, how is it there? You're playing Tekken 4. Did you actually play a lot of Tekken 4 in an arcade? So, I started going there a lot. Yeah. And then I was like to the point where we, you know, I'm learning how to use internet. And- we got a we got a computer probably year around that time or a year before that. So I'm like, all right, I gotta learn. You know, they teach you in school how to do research. So I was like, fuck, I don't know, research teching. <laughs> you know? Right. They teach you and how to I, use the search engine at school and stuff. That's that's all I needed. And I found Tekken Zaibatsu, and I was like, wow, Tekken Zaibatsu. I could learn combos. I could, you know. And then all of a sudden, I see that there's like there's like combos, and then there's a tournament announcement. I was like, what? Oh, wow. Announcing a regional event. Regional events all over the U.S. to compete. Top three at regionals make it to nationals to be the Tekken 4 champion. I am like, this is what I need to do. (laughs) Oh, holy shit. That sounds super exciting. I was so excited. So I was 14 years old. I was getting down to that. I did anything and everything I had to do to get down to that arcade to practice. So that is where... 
to answer your question, I thought I had it. I thought it clicked. I was like, yeah, I know how to do it. I had all the records, all the records on the on the arcade. I was like, I didn't get to, not a lot of people went down there to play them. That was the thing. It was almost like once the timeout closed, only a few people strayed into Sports Plus to play. Did it seem like um, Tekken Arcade got less popular after Tag 1, or was Tekken 4 just as popular? It definitely seemed like less popular, for sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, now that I'm I understand like kind of what happened with the game and everything. Um, I guess it was like, yeah, the, the mechanics of the game and everything, like the hate that everyone has for Tekken four, I guess it carried over. But I thought at the time it was just like those cool guys didn't want to go into like the kid, the kid place, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and it could have been a little bit of both. They could have just not liked the way the game played. And they were just like, well, I don't want to go in there. Or maybe they didn't even know that they had Tekken four in there. Yeah, they, had, they had enough reasons not to go. That makes sense. exactly, exactly. So, and it, not to get off the, that tournament topic real quick, but man, when Tekken Four, so I I remember the previews for that game for PS2. I didn't touch it till it came out on PS2. That game looked so incredible. Do you remember like the first time you saw Tekken Four, like what you thought? For I never saw like a. I just remember looking like this is like one of those things when you're like you know. You, you're in a desert and like you see the oasis, you see like the little pond. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, like I was like a 14 year old kid. I'm like, oh my god, because Kazuya, like back from the dead, like in the intro, Hachi's all pissed off. Yeah, Heihachi in the helicopter, it's all so intense over the top. Oh man, it's like so cool. So I was like, yo, this is so great. This is so great. And I saw the announcement for in the regional event was in New York City at Chinatown Fair, like the f- world renowned, like famous arcade in New York City. Right. And I was like, I want to go. My parents were like, you're not going to New York City to play video games. I was like, huh? huh? Like, no, you're not going. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, you have to let me go. It's once it's one one time only. I'll never do. You know, like my parents were like, well. If your sister wants to take you, because I my sister's nine years older than me, so you were again fourteen at the time, right? Yeah, so she's twenty three, probably like busy, busy with her life, and um, her fourteen year old little brother was begging her to take to take me to to this New York City. Okay, so so we're kind of so we're West Coast in Hawaii. How long does it take from get to Long Island to like Chinatown Fair or whatever? Is that a big trip? It's about an hour and a half drive. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. And, you know, you got to go over a bridge and then find the parking. And it was a whole, you know, it's, it's a kind of a pain in the ass yeah. going into New York City. It's like a busy, real busy when it comes to driving. Yeah. So, um, and when you drive out on Long Island, it's completely different than driving in New York City. Why is that? Like, I don't really know much about. Uh, it's it's just very easy to drive a little now. It's not a lot of car, not as many cars, and it's just like way more space as we're in New York City. It's like tons of cars everywhere, people walking, crossing the street, and then like everything going on. And so this is walking little, here. I'm walking here. Yeah, like <laughs> all that. Right, right, right. So you get all that. So of course I have my I have my sister. Like, we got to get there early. We got to get there early. My sister's like, oh my god, you know. So. You know, you know how Tekken tournaments run. It's like they say the yeah. tournament starts at like twelve. It doesn't start till like three. <laughs> yeah, <know? laughs> tournament standard time they call it. All right, tournament Dude, standard. That, time. that three reminds plus me of three hours. I went to Strongstown. I got there to the venue right when it opened up because they told us like once you get here, you can get your badges at twelve or something. I get there right. at twelve, and then I, you know, I, I see Bronson. Like, hey, Bronson. So like, where can I get my badge? He's like, what are you talking about, dude? It's twelve. I'm like, yeah, twelve. You said it, the venue opens up and get a badge. Like, dude, just chill out. 
you know, come back in a few hours. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like all right, I just don't right. know, you know. <laughs> right. That's exactly that's exactly how it was. And uh yeah, and of course I got there, I got we got into New York City at like ten, ten thirty. Nothing was like uh, arcade wasn't even open yet. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. Si- my sister's looking at me like, Are you serious right now? <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> I was super spaz. So I was like, so like, all right, let's go get breakfast. So we went and got like Chinese breakfast, and I thought it was General Chow's chicken. They start brought something to the table. I just grabbed a chunk of it, and put it in my mouth. I bite down. It's just bones. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And we like called away. Like, what is this? They're like, chicky feet. I was like, what? Like chicken, chicken feet. I was like, oh. <laughs> I have never had chicken feet, dude, but I do not want to put that in my mouth ever. <laughs> Yo, so that was the beginning. That was that was just an omen for what was about to happen in the tournament. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> oh what, yeah. <laughs> so it's actually kind of epic. So tournament starts. Me and my sister both enter because my sister's like, I ain't gonna just not enter. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just... <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so awesome. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try my best too. You know. <laughs> so um, so I get smoked the first game go right to losers i'm like i don't even know what hit me i'm just like all right it was probably she just got lucky <laughs> who are you playing just... who are you playing at the time paul i was a paul, paul player yep okay. i was just like straight paul when i looked at eddie i didn't even he was just like a just another character that i didn't even yeah. care about like oh, didn't no, even okay. no, meant nothing to me eddie gorda right. meant nothing so um so my sister plays and she loses she loses right and so, so me and her are both in losers bracket. And then um, my next match comes. I'm like ready. I'm like, all right. I just get rocked. I get smoked up. I get rolled up, smoked out. 14 years old, two and out, and you're gone. I hear about oh, these no. guys. I heard MYK's like first major get like fifth place. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the hell? That's what we like, said. We're like, fuck this guy, dude. I know, bro. How are these guys so good? I see kids today. These guys, I, I go to these tournaments when I was living in Tennessee. You know, I was living with Trungi in Tennessee. I was like, these guys are my first tournament. I got like seventh place. I got fifth place. I'm like, good job. Like, how so awesome. Like, I don't know how these kids. That's why I say like. I was a super slow learner in, in pretty much everything I've ever done. So. <laughs> You know what I think it is too. It's that uh, you compare to like how you got information back then versus now. I think it's a lot oh, easier right. now to get good at, at at a game. You know, if you really want to, everything's right. out there. It's you don't have to go out. You can learn everything from home, and you'll be surprised how good people can get. You know, from just doing that alone. But I think it's just that. Just you can get anything on the internet right now. It's, it's yeah, well, it, it also makes it harder. I mean, you're going against. I mean, you're looking stuff up, and everyone else is looking stuff up. So for me, I still go. I'm playing for. I mean, I can't say I've, I haven't played much in the last year, but been playing, you know, for a few years here, and freaking, I'm still going, <laughs> going too. It's a hard game, man. It's really hard. So yeah, so I, so I get smoked, right? And I'm like, I lose. I like, I remember just like, walk, like the walk of shame was never so. <laughs> I just had my head down, like I was starting to like pout. I was like real. I was like literally about to start. I was like starting to cry. Like I was so upset. And it was like my sister's next match. Guy, guy doesn't show up. She gets a buy. She gets further than oh, me. She went one, one in one. She's one in one. <laughs> so right now she's by through DQ because back in those days there were no pools. It was just like they threw everybody in a bracket. And after your first match, if you had lost, they're like, "All right, come back in an hour. Come back in two hours. Check right. in." You know, like so. Please like, tell now me you she- took your sister's place. <laughs> 
so I was just so sad. I was like, I, 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 like, I didn't even want to be there anymore. But Trist, yeah. I was like pissed off. I was like a salty 14-year-old kid. And and my sister, like, she's like, come on, let's go. I'll I'll just I'll just forfeit. I don't I don't have to play. <laughs> and she was like such a good sister. She just like and then she forfeited her game and whoever was supposed to play her got, you know. Yeah. They probably would have beat her anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not about that. It's about her doing the right thing for this for right. sad spirit. So, and, I, and right. I'll tell you something. I was so salty. I don't know when the regional was. I'm sure we could go online and find the date. But I remember I didn't pick up. I didn't even turn the game on again until like Christmas break. There was nobody, oh, wow. nobody. To, I went like right back into Final Fantasy. I went <laughs> just dove into that shit and. Yeah, and I remember just being couldn't have any no friends were able to hang out. I had nothing to do. I was super bored, and I was like, "I'll turn it on. I'll, <laughs> I'll just turn on Tekken. Why not?" And I turned it on, and from that moment on, I like never stopped yeah. until like Tekken Six. Until like after like pretty much that was a whole different stage of my life. But at that point, I just grinded Tekken Four. I got closer with my cousin. I taught him how to play Tekken Four. And then uh, at that point, Tekken 5 was, was out uh, or coming out, and I had just got my license. So we were hitting the arcades up, and that was where it started getting real spicy. Oh, um, that's perfect, when, right? Yeah. yeah. And the license. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It was like Dude. the stars all aligned for me, man. <laughs> Nothing beats being 16 and getting a license and having a car to drive. That's one of the best life experiences for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that was uh, that was the beginning of the journey, and it was just I went and you know at that point you had tech and data cards, so you would have your rank on your card, and I kept you know like I was super serious about that, like I always put my card in, I always wanted to play people for rank. It was like I would tell everybody put your card in, put your card. In. I was like, yo, we keep those stats. We didn't keep these stats. What are we doing? <laughs> Hey, and, do you know why they they call those like banana passes? Like those those, those cards with the arcades. I've heard people calling that. I just never knew where that comes from. Have you ever heard of that before? Nobody calls them banana passes. I've heard I've heard being called banana passes before. Very crazy, but I, I've heard of that. Probably somebody just got got yeah. funny with the banana pass, <laughs> so they called a banana pass. But um, they they didn't. Let me see. I, I got my I got my T five cards right here. I mean, grab because I don't think. Oh yeah, I got. I actually, it, it still works. I have the highest ranked Tekken Five DR and Tekken Five cards. Like they're active. If you could find really? a machine, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like hanging out with Nashi a few years back, and uh, he's like, "I know what this arcade." He's like, "Yo, bring cards." <laughs> and it worked. All right, That's so it awesome. doesn't. So all it says on the old Tekken Five cards, it would say Tekken Five data card. It would give a serial number, and then. Um, Underneath that, it would uh, you know, let me grab one that I didn't actually write all over. Um, underneath that, it's like this is this is the Tekken 5 data card. This card contains your data, data. to ensure its longevity, avoid bending, exposure to humidity, soiling. <laughs> I don't know why you would soil on a card or other damaging effects. Uh, one character be registered per card, one registered character. Once the card character is registered, the card is locked. Um, the card juice is um yeah one, uh, once the card juice's number expires it must be renewed so you would have 500 games and then once the card once you would use those 500 games you'd have to take a blank card place it on top or below the the current card stick it in it would say do you want to transfer your data you'd hit yes it would transfer your data onto the new card the old card would be dead and then you'd have another 500 games for that card until until you use those 
Remember that for Initial D? Do you remember Initial D in the arcades ever? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so awesome, man. That's like such a novel thing, dude. Yeah, and on the bottom is, uh, it would say, you know, www.tekken-official.jp, which is not active anymore, but that was the site that you would... I don't think you were able to, like, post your rank ever. I I could be wrong. I don't know what that was about. I think that would just kind of give you information. You know what? I think that gave information regarding like tournaments. It's probably like uh, like TekkenWorldTour.com today. You know? Yeah. So what 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 characters do you have registered in your card? Is this for Tekken Five, right? Yeah. So I knew I, I was like close with all the guys at the arcades. So they would give at Sports Plus. They would give me stacks of cards. So I had a card for like every character. Pretty much. Oh wow! So you just pull out like, okay, I'm gonna play Jin right now. Let me grab my Jin card. Is that what you that's do? that's exactly how I ranked up highest in the country because I was able to counterpick everybody that played with different <laughs> ranks, and then I would just use like I would like constantly just play everyone and have the highest ranks, and then I would go into New York City at Chinatown and I would just play all of their highest ranks out there. There were even guys that would take the train out to long island and play me for rank i have a great wow i have a great story about that what do you yeah so when you hear things like that it's like man this seems like 100 years ago like i can't imagine it seems like you know before cars or some shit like you know the wright brothers but can you yeah tell us what the scene was like then in that story whatever you got about this i got some i got some great stories for this stuff so that's how i met joey fury um there was a you know we were getting good you know, Long Island started. I, I was really involved. I ran the scene out here. I had, I got anytime anyone showed up to the arcade to play Tekken, I was like, start chit-chatting with them. What's your name? What's your phone number? Anytime I'm going to be here, I'll shoot you a text or give you a call. And, you know, if you can make it down. So I just brought everyone together on Long Island because New That's York City. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. New York City was just too far at that time. Like, I was, I would be able to get out there once in a while to practice with, with those guys. But, like... I wasn't there yet because I was like still kind of everything was still very new in Long Island, you know. Um, so, well, do you want me to tell you like the ranking story, or do you want me to tell you about uh, chronologically the next story? Really, would be Tekken Five Regionals, which was my second tournament. Let's go chronologically, then we'll get there, yeah. I guess. Hopefully. So yeah, so then they had they announced Tekken Five Regionals. So at that time, it was me and my two cousins. Spiro Jin, Rob Jin, and Eric Jin. And uh, we got my dad and my, uh, and my uncle, uh, uh, like all five of us, we went out to Philly. And Philly was the, was the spot for the regional event. And, and I got, I think I got 13th at that one. So I was, uh, and it was like, that was like a 264 man. That was like huge. It was capped out. It was insanely busy. Is yeah. this for base Tekken 5, right? Not DR? This is not the R now. This is still 5.0, right? So I was still using Paul Phoenix at the time. 17th place? 13th. Is 13th place, my bad. And this is your first, like, your first major, uh, like, tournament? Yeah, like, after, like, like post-puberty. Like, yeah. First major, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I actually knew what the hell I was doing a lot more, and uh, I, I was able to hold it down. I had some pretty cool games. It was, it was good. It was good. It was a family affair. You said Rob Jin and some other other stuff like that. So your Rob, uncle, yeah, 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 yeah. Rob Jin and Eric Jin were my two cousins that also would go to the arcades and practice and play. Eric really didn't play much afterwards, but uh, but Rob went on to like beat great players over the years. Like Rob was really good. 
That's awesome. I didn't know you. I didn't know it was a trio, family yeah, trio, or anything cool. like that. I didn't know it was a family, like when I'm playing. Yeah, I was like the fucking gladiator. Rob Jin was like the like the shit talker, and Eric Jin was the was the cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any good footage from this time, or any any cool pictures or anything like that? There is footage. I could uh, I could definitely pull up some fine. I would have to dig for it. Um, but there there's definitely recorded games because we used to have like that mini camcorder so i would have to take that and then transfer it onto the computer but there's definitely footage somewhere uh i'll have to i'll have to send it to you for sure all right so you got 13th place family affair you're all you're all hanging out what what happened i guess after that after that i try to i try to score at the rhode island regional and um i had my sister actually take me up to that one my cousins weren't able to make that one and uh that didn't pan out like I think I got like 17th. I didn't do as well at Rhode Island. And I just need uh, to ask, who was like the top player like in that in that area at that time? Like, we're like the best players at that time. Early T5 was uh, Gin Master. Gin Master. Any any of the top players still like around? Gin Master not really around. Uh, LOC was was living in Virginia. He was really good. Um, Brian H from from New Jersey. Yeah, LOC Lock, like the the guy that's in uh, LA right now. Yeah, LA Lock. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, I know him. That's awesome. Was he, was he playing uh, Fang way back then too? He was playing Fang, yep. And Brian H got third place at uh, at the Philly. And Hatman from mm-hmm. St. Louis came out and got second place with Oscar. That's sick. That's awesome. People just traveling around. And you're on Tekken Zaibatsu reading about this. Can you tell us about Tekken Zaibatsu at this time, where people talking shit? Or you said it was a place to get tech and stuff, but was it just tournament announcements and tech? What else was there? Yeah, there was all kinds of tech tournament announcements. Um, then they they created Castell made me a moderator for the for the IC cards because I was just like such a fanatic about rank, and I would like find out I would go into all the different forums all over the U.S. and find out everybody's rank all around the world, all around the country, and I would like have a page with like posted posted rank. People would post their rank. I would like pin it to the top page and. Um, I would like try and break down the system on like how many wins it takes to get a promotion chance or how many losses for a demotion risk. And, um, like I, I got into all that shit. So that was, uh, that was pretty much that the shit talking, uh, wasn't until DR until like what MYK covered. What, what happened during that time? Why? What was about? What about the army? Me, they shit. You want to know? You want to know about the Arari? You want to hear about Arari? I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. Well, let's, let's just get let's just get there. Are right, you went to Rhode Island? You you still grinding out tournaments for a 5.0? Was there anything else that notable that happened in the 5.0 days? Yeah. So what happened at that point was uh, then happened nationals. So me and my cousin Rob were watching. You know, we were studying tapes. So we're like, what the fuck we got to be doing here? And then my cousin and Rob and I saw slips from St. Louis. And that dude got like, I don't know if he got third or fourth in nationals with Eddie. And we look at each other and we're like, you fucking see this shit? Like, this guy's sitting on the ground. Relax mix-ups? Like, safe? <laughs> Relax 4-3 was safe? You blocked the low and you still, like, you don't get anything? You know? Um, and, and we were like, yo, this is cheap. Like, Eddie's down forward two. You just spam it. It just tracked. It was like up forward four, safe low crush. Eddie just had like safe lows and it, it, Eddie just, my cousin was the one who saw it. Actually, my cousin Rob was like, yo, I'm hey, you can play Paul, bro. I'm, I'm going to play Eddie. Yeah. Those were all his key moves still. Right. Right. And then I was just like, um, I was like, well, cause you know, 
if you're gonna play Eddie, I might as well play Eddie too, just to just to help you learn Eddie, yeah. you know. So he's playing Eddie, maining it. I'm like kind of secondary Eddie, and then I start chit chatting with Slips. Uh, and this is how Tekken Zaibatsu was. This is how the community was back then, and this is how the world was back then. Uh, things are a lot different today, but pretty much. I reached out to this guy Slips, who was a Tekken Tag One champion with Eddie. This guy's like top play, like he's like top three at Evo or top five at Evo at Tekken Tag One. He, he's amazing, and I he would just start giving me giving me advice and helping me on stuff and whatever. And then I'm like, you know, my spring breaks coming. I was like, I got like I got like five hundred dollars in my in my savings. I was like, could I? Would it be cool if I came out to St. Louis, took a plane out there, and just like stay with you for for a week and then just like grind it and hung out and met the scene in St. Louis. And he's like, 100%, bro. He's like, you want to come out here? You stay with me, you know? I live with my parents and just, we're just grind. We'll, we'll all stop playing Tekken. And that's you're what si- I did. You're 16 at this time? 17. So I was like, um, it was like spring break. I guess I was almost 18. So it must have been in my senior year of high school. Damn. How'd you, how'd you get the plane ticket? Like, and your parents were just more accepting at this time? At that point, like my parents were just, they didn't want me to do it, but I was like, and they were like, we're not going to give you the money. I was like, well, I have $500 to my name and I could spend 300 on the plane ticket. And that's what I want to spend my money on. That's it. It's my money. And they're like, all right, if you want to do that, then it's fine. And that was what they let. I guess I kind of just, they let me, but I almost kind of, oh, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Then Joey Fury happened right after that. Okay. So. I went out there, and then that was just when DR hit. Like, they just released DR. And I go out there, and I just cracked out with slips. And, and Jody the Great, uh, Unconquerable, oh, wow. a- uh, AJ, uh, um, Tasty Steve. He was Forgotten Kazama at the time. He wasn't even Tasty Steve. All these guys, you have this guy, Mirai. Um, he was an exchange student from Japan, and Hatman was out there. And I'm, I'm probably forgetting a few more, but but you know, those are squad, and, and it was just they all treated me like family, like they're all so good to me. Like, there's and I was probably a little bit of a smart ass kid back then. I, I definitely was probably a little bit cocky and a little bit of a of a hothead, I guess. I don't know, not a hothead, but I was just kind of cocky, I guess, in some ways. But obviously, I wasn't that cocky because I, I needed, I wanted to learn from these guys. But they were just so good to me, and they were so, they were just so welcoming. And and it, it was the, it was the the main. It taught me like, listen, if you want to get better at this game, you got to travel and you gotta, you gotta inquire from the best players in every area. You gotta see what it is that they're doing. You gotta play them a million games. You gotta get the experience, the matchup experience. And you have to pick these guys' brains, and you got to take a little bit from everyone and apply it to your style and to your game. And that was how that was the beginning of of me traveling the country and you know earning my my prowess, I guess you'd say, my experience points. That's awesome. I remember I didn't know who Jody the Great was. Is that I think SCR twenty seventeen, and I was going on a run. I, I mean, whatever. I won like two games, and I went up against him, and I was like, all right. You're the next guy I'm gonna beat. I literally said that to him before he sat down because I was just feeling myself, and he fucking murdered me. And I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" I Yo. did like no research, and yeah, he his lead just murdered the shit out of me. He, he, yeah, he is a real original gangster. He has been around forever, and yeah, he's no joke. So, 
Well, that was so I came back from St. Louis, and and that was a, that was the thing back then. Like, if you travel to a tournament, I mean, I guess it's still that way. Like, if you go somewhere and you travel and you get mad games, you just crack out and grind and grind and get tons of casuals. You come back and you're better, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I came back and I was like, I was good. I had leveled up. I was destroying every like I was beating everyone as it is all around. It got to the point where like I I was just no one could really beat me except my cousin Rob. And uh, all of a sudden, we get like a call out. Here's like the beginning of the shit talk. Like <laughs> Akazukan Cha Cha from Buffalo comes into the Long Island thread on Tekken Zaibatsu. He's like, "Fucking Long Island, you guys can't play. You guys can't play Tekken. You don't know what you're doing. You guys, you're not even New York City." He's like, "If you guys really think you're good, he's like, come up to Buffalo. We we'll have a tournament at the end of this month, and if you win, I'll throw an extra hundred dollars on top of the prize pool because you're out of town." So I just Damn. looked at my, I'm looking at my cousin, I'm like, "Let these motherfuckers say this shit. Let's go kill these guys." <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo, where? Come on. So, <laughs> so I, to- yes. So going up, yeah, it's like seven hours from where we lived. So like, it's so far away. So I was like. I told my parents that I was staying at Rob's house. Rob told his parents that he was staying at my parents' house. <laughs> and at like two in the morning, we just tiptoed out of the house. We had all our shit. We had our pads and we just got in the car. I remember we all like, don't even close the door. We'll close the door. And we pull down the block. <laughs> like driving down the street with the doors cracked, hit the doors, oh, hit the road. Oh my God. Driving out as a kid. Sneaking out as a 17 year old kid. I just got my license like a few months before that. I'm flying up to Buffalo. I'm going like 90 miles an hour. I got I got from Long Island to Albany in like two hours, three hours, like something ridiculous, ridiculous fast. All of a sudden I look behind me and the fucking and the police lights are on. Oh. I'm like 17 years old. I'm like, my heart is racing. I'm like, what the fuck? This cop was ready to like kill me. He's like, is there, you're a fashion driver. You're going to kill me. You're going to kill the deer. You're going to kill everybody. Like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I showed him. I had like a PBA. Guy, like a, like, I worked at a restaurant. Some cop gave me a car. I'm like, oh, if you ever get, you ever get pulled over, just show this. Meanwhile, like, oh, my new, God. Like a New York state trooper. It's not like a regular cop. It's like a special like local town cop. He's like, he looked at me when I handed him the card. He's like, I, sh- I should arrest you right now for just giving me this. <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, oh. He's like, he comes back, he hands me a ticket. He bumped me up to a hundred miles an hour, which was like the highest bracket. And he's like, if you plead guilty, you lose your life. If you, if you plead guilty, you lose your license. You have to come back up and fight it. He's like, he's like, if I, if I see you driving like this back on this road, he's like, I'm putting you in jail. Yeah. I was like, oh damn! I went. I got. We got to Buffalo like sixty-five miles an hour. The rest of the way to Buffalo, and um, I got there. I smoked every one of them, and then I played all of them for money. I walked out of there with like five hundred bucks, <laughs> some oh, ticket dude. money, right? And the ticket when I had to go back, I had to come home and tell my parents about what happened. <laughs> and then they, <laughs> my dad had to go back, drive back up there with me, and it ended up costing me four hundred and fifty dollars for a parking ticket, so I didn't get any points and didn't lose my license. Oh man, that's amazing! Yeah. That's a great story. You just so, I mean, you're at the tournament. Just were you like still thinking about that part, uh, that pullover incident, and just the whole time in your mind. <laughs> The yeah. whole time, I'm like, I was like, you will not lose. You will beat these guys and pay this ticket. Like, 
<laughs> like that's it. I like was fighting for for the ticket. So what's the aftermath of that thing? Do you call that guy back out? Like, hey, dude, I thought I thought we were trash or something like that. Do you call him back out or anything like that? Yeah. So we were there. I was like, I was looking at him. I'm like, looking like we're looking pretty good, cha cha. Looking pretty good, you know. Like I was, I was climbing up the ladder. He's like, well, you have you haven't fought our best yet. Joey Fury's our best. Wait. So. My cousin was just exhausted. Like he couldn't handle that. Like early hours, driving up, all that shit. So he passed out. He ended up like passing out in the arcade, getting like fifth place or something in the tournament. He didn't even make top three. So I play Joey in the finals, and I just crush him. And uh, Joe, I, I was talking to Joey recently about this. Joey was like, "I was so intimidated by you." He's like, "You're just like this, <laughs> this big, this like big guy." You know, and you're like so confident, and then your cousin was behind you, like talking all this shit. <laughs> My cousin saying shit like, "Like you can't win if your balls haven't dropped," saying like <laughs> horrible <laughs> stuff to like Joey. It was so bad. How so was Joey at this time? Yeah, he was, he was like, really 12, young, twelve years old. Well, so crazy. That's so yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's insane. It was that's insane. Like young, that's like younger than I would have been at the time. That yeah, he looks really young right now, so that makes sense. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So, so then it was like, from there, I just started going into practicing with like with the New York City guys. I remember beating Justin Wong, um, switching to Eddie and beating Justin Wong and like getting really, just getting better and better and better. And then I was like, as DR like blossomed, the communities all over were like really getting confident the game was out for a while the patches because there was even 5.1 in between tekken 5 and, and tekken dr how different was 5.1 to 5.0 it was uh so they removed like the steve's infinite they removed like certain things all the broken shit they removed it but they didn't like add the extra character like lily and armor king and dragon off like they didn't add the extra characters and there was a lot of moves still that weren't added to the game but they were just it was just it was like a patch, you know, like they were, they were working on it, but they weren't yet finished. And I guess back in those days, it wasn't like now where they could just like, oh, all right, version this is up. All right, update another yeah. version. So they did the best they could do. They came out with 5.1, which I thought it was cool. It was a cool game. It was like it played it and felt like Tekken 5, but it just didn't have all the broken shit. So on, so, wait, I mean, on release, T5 did not have Dragonov? No. What you mentioned? Mm -hmm. It came out on DR? Yeah, he's a DR character. Yeah, yeah, dragging off Lily and Armor King. I can mention that he had like a, a launching running two, right? Like a regular hitting launching running two. That was on DR. Or am I thinking? Uh, I'll be confusing the two. Anyway. Counter hit it. Counter hit it would bounce you up and yeah. He, and I think launch. you mentioned one of them. Like dragging off just had a regular hitting running two that would actually combo, but anything of a different game. DR was that might have. It, it, it comboed on counter hit, and if on regular hit, you would. They created that animation where, like, uh, if you ever get hit by Brian's forward forward two, and you just yeah. hold, hold back and you do that like super fast rollback. Yeah, yeah. They that mechanic was created in DR. Mm. Yeah, so that was that was what would happen if you held back and you got hit by his running two, you would just fly back. Okay, yeah. so you beat jo you beat Joey Fury at this DR tournament. You're kind of making a name for yourself what, what's the next notable thing to happen i guess at, at that time period so at that point uh at that point it was just like 
I was just like all about like getting rank and just beating, like just traveling. But then I saw like, okay, so my cousin Rob started to like, I guess he was just starting to get into chicks and his guitar and he was, his parents were not for it. They were just my uncle and aunt. like my whole family was just like not for video games, you know? Um, so like my cousin Rob, like wasn't able to come. Plus he was three years younger than me. So I'm like 17, 18 he's 15 years old and like his parents like you're you're not traveling with your cousin all over to jersey and to you know virginia and here and there um so i needed like to continue having like practice and, and a sparring partner so that was when i started making my way out to uh to queens so i started practicing with bloodhawk exalted liquid the realist uh, Fab, Fighting GM, like those were the top dogs back yeah. then. A lot of those yeah. guys are still around. Uh huh. All those guys were, were were my were my squad, and we would all. Plus, I was part of a team called Team New York that was created by by this guy Elian, uh, also known as Secret, was his was his Tekken name. Uh, the Reels was on there. Fab was on there. Uh, got Maddox. Agent Orange, Mojo, Bad Mojo, Go Go, um, Sid Kid, and those are the members of Team New York. And like, I earned my spot on Team New York by how good I did at Philly Regionals. And then that was another place that I would go. And these guys are just all older than me, and they just would like just teach me the way, you know. Was that team made out of the fact that there was like a lot of rivalry between regions and stuff like that, or was that before region rivalries? That was, I think, before region rivalries, and these guys just made a team so they would like it was almost like a little bit of like a brotherhood. We just all like got together and just like went out for went out for dinner and practiced at people's houses and, and just and just like kept it like a family, you know, like all just looked out for each other. And then during tournaments, like we would all coach each other and, and help each other out and like stuff like that. So it was like really, 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 really like welcoming and, and just like a team type feel you know that's awesome just trading just a trading dojo kind of thing right it was like a dojo exactly exactly so um so yeah so that so but those guys they weren't they would only travel here and there so the real like travelers was more like the guys i said bloodhawk exalted uh fab gm realist me at liquid um those are like the guys that really just like we were the new york city squad so once we were like going, we were going around to Virginia, we were going to Rhode Island, we would go to, you know, Jersey and Maryland, and we'd go all over the, the East Coast, Philly. And, um, and then like it just started, everybody started doing that. People like were, were, were just traveling around, and that's when the shit talk started. And NorCal and SoCal would always have their rivalry. And then this like, all of a sudden, we started coming up. Like the East Coast started. East Coast always sucked. We were never good. We never even made a top eight at Evo. We were no good. Nobody, and not even any of the guys you mentioned? Nobody was that good? Justin Wong was the first one to make a... In Tekken 5.0, Justin Wong got, got top eight at Evo. Um, and then after him was me. I got second place. Um, and then after me was Fab. So right. then, like... So, so, but, like, we knew that we were getting good. Like, we knew we were good. So we were like, yo, we're fucking, we're all right. Uh, West Coast is like, you're not all right. You think you're all right because you're good where you are, but you play us, you're, you're, you're going down. And we're like, no, we're not going down. <laughs> <laughs> Who are the top dogs in the West Coast during this time? 
Oh my God. So it was like Bronson, Rario, uh, Tom Hilfiger was like, was oh, real right. good. Um, <sighs> Mr. Naps was good. You know, Jimmy J was good. He was still coming up though. You know, he was, uh, he, he trained with a guy, Willpower. That dude was, was, was real good. He's um, also in NorCal, right? Willpower? NorCal, yeah. Um, and then there, there was like Filthy Rich. Filthy Rich lived on Long Island for for a short time, actually. So I remember driving out to Filthy Rich's place in in Long Island and and getting games with him. Oh, that's crazy! He he's on both calls. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And um, okay, oh, okay. I know, I know the shit. I know how it all began. Okay, so Bronson had a girl. Bronson's wife currently was uh, living in New Jersey when he was dating her. Right. So I was running tournaments in, at Sports Plus. And I was like, you know, I was cool to managers and the guys that worked the arcade. They would put the game on event mode. And we just, we had the whole arcade to ourselves. Like, so I would run events and I was like, yo, no, come out to Long Island and try and beat me. Like, no one can beat me at home, home turf. Spirogen does not lose. Long Island does not lose on home turf. So people like, like that shit. So, you know, Gin Master came out and Gin Master came out talking shit. And there's footage of this too of me, you know, like Jim has to call me trash and like in between games, and I'm like, I'm like trash. I was like, you can't even fucking get a game. Like, like we're literally like not even kidding. Like seriously, like talking shit to each other. Like my cousin in the background, like like you know. And then I remember like I even like. After like I beat him, I remember like I put my hand up, he smacked my hand away, and I was like, fucking bitch. Like he just walked out. Like Whoa. it was like real. Yo, I was like, have a nice fucking ride back to Virginia, second place <laughs> fucking loser. You oh, know, like man. Yeah. That's, it was, like, that's the shit right there, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it was serious. And um Fil- Filthy came out for a tournament. I think he, at that point he came back to to visit. At that point, he had moved to the West Coast and then came back to visit. I beat him. Um, and then the most epic of all was when Bronson came to the Long Island tournament. Oh, so, so I, I housed Bronson. So Bronson stayed over at my house and we played, it was me, Bronson and the realist. And we played Tekken all night. And I think at the end of the night, Bronson had beat me and him. Like it must've been like, we, we didn't even get 10 games on him. And he got like 90. It was like 90 to 10 between oh. me and the realist, you know? So the next day we're at the tournament and uh, I would do, I would, I would literally like seed people on like, like the best players, but then I would just throw any unseated people. I would just take their name, put a number, I would designate a number to their name, throw it in a hat and I'd pull the names out and pull the numbers out of a hat. Like it was like a truly random thing, you know? So Bronson had to play Brian H. Now, Brian H, remember, was the guy who got third place in the T- T5 regionals, you know, the Paul Phoenix, the Paul player. Right. And I'm, I know IK told you that you could plug, uh, you could plug your stick or your pad into, uh, into the port, to the back of the, yeah. So Bronson plays stick, so he didn't, he didn't need to play, plug, his, plug his stick in. So Brian H beats Bronson, right? And Bronson goes to me he goes, and to everybody. He's like, fucking stick's broken. That's why he beat me. It's just bum. It's a bum stick. <laughs> Brian H. looks right over. He goes, oh, the stick's broken? He goes, plug in a stick and run it back right now. 
Oh, man. <laughs> and he plugs in a stick and runs it back, and Brian H. beats him again. <laughs> oh, God. That, this dude sounds like a legend. Holy shit. That's why he goes by the name the legend Brian H. now when he comes to tour. He comes all shit-faced to tournaments and shit now, but he still goes by the name <laughs> the legend Brian H., right? So, yo, man. And uh, Bronson ends up beating him in losers. I think I sent Brian to losers, and then... Um, you know, then I had to play Bronson in grand finals. And Bronson beats me 4-0 for grand finals one. Because back then it was first to four grand finals. Okay. Winner's finals was first to three. Loser's finals was first to three. Everything else was first to two. And then grand finals was first to four. So um, he resets it. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you got to whiff punish. You got to whiff punish Julia's elbow. That's it. You got to take the risk. You got to get him to whiff an elbow and you got to down forward both kicks. Is that party crash? Four, four, party, yeah, party crasher. So I was like, I just entered the, I entered the, the real Tekken zone and uh, my third eye opened up and I beat him uh, four to like four to two. And I, I ended up beating Bronson in home, home turf. Oh man, just like you said, this is Eddie versus Julia, right? Eddie versus Julia, which is like a super bad match for Eddie. Um, just coach you with that move, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so I had that. I also went to strong. Now, this is going to lead up to the Aurario story. So I went to the first strong style ever. And I it's played a Bronson as well, right? Bronson helps this yeah, one. Yup. Yeah, he ran it from the beginning. And uh, I played Aurario in a money match. And I, I beat him like clean. I beat him good, you know? And that was the only game I ever played against Aurario. Was like this, the is first, this is DR, yup. Yeah. And okay, this just real quick, real quick before we want. So, like, when you beat Bronson, was there any kind of like uh, shit talk on the forums? Like, yeah, you know, we're not as bad as you guys think. You know, you came out, you fucking lost, like we said. That's exactly yup. And then New York had my back, and New York's like, yo, you fucking can't, yo, Spiro, you know, Spiro can't be touched, and and we can't be touched, and you know, this is this is what's up, and that was when it got real hot. Cause it was like, <laughs> you know, I beat Bronson and, and he came out here and Brian H fucking ran it back and didn't take his shit. So it was like a whole thing, you know? Yeah. The story about the, the run back with the broken stick, quote unquote, broken stick, that's fucking amazing. Oh, that's on blast. That was such a good, that was like one of the greatest moments ever. Um, and then I had beaten Orario for money because that was another one. They were like, yeah, you beat Bronson, but could you beat Orario? I was like, I fucking toasted Orario for money. And I, I said something like that, and Rario sends me a fucking private message on Daibatsu. He's like, yo, check yourself, bro. Like, I don't know who you think you are talking this shit. You don't know me. Because I think I, I, I might have said I, I toasted Rario. I might have even said something a little more like, yeah, you know, West not Coast directly to him, right? Uh, not directly to yeah. him, but about him. If, you know, I kind of was like yeah. talking shit out loud to everybody, not to him. And, and it was a it was a little bit more than I just beat him. I think it was like I beat him, and, and you know he's got you guys are fucking. Guard. Someone passed that message to him, and you know who knows he probably heard a bit more, you know, just to he, spice it up. Yeah, or he just saw what I wrote, and he's like, he basically told me he's like, yo, let's see you talk this shit in real life. You know, you got you got a big mouth on the, on the internet, right. you know, and he kind of called me out. So that's where like if I was if I was where I am now, if I was a m- mature adult, I would have. I would have just like I would have played it right, but I was a young, 
hot blooded kid. And I'm like, yo, I don't know who the fuck you think you are. I'm like, I'm gonna fuck you. I fucking took your money at Strong Style. I'm gonna fucking take your money at Evo. I was like, so let's play for fucking money. He's like, all right, big dog, you wanna play for money? Play first to 10 for 300 bucks. I'm like, you got it. Oh my God, that's fucking and, epic. And I thought my, you know, my balls are so big. I was like, let's do it before the tournament. I don't even give a fuck. We'll play before the tournament because I figured, you know, Bronson played me all those games before the tournament and I won like why it's only going to be to my advantage is, is the, right. the outlook that I had but Rario grew up in an arcade Rario is like so much more experienced than I ever was at that time in Tekken and I would have been way smarter at that time to just hold that one win that I had on him not playing for money and if that was the case I would have won Evo in 2007 hands oh, did you get too exhausted, I guess, from that? So just tell us about that Evo. So what Evo was it? What how, what did it take to get there? Like, so they had these was Evo. Your first Evo? They, it was my second Evo. My first Evo was in 2005. I went. I lost to Alex Valle actually in pools. Really? Oh, in Tekken? Wow. Yeah. Yo, he, he actually yeah. wrote he, he wrote the Tekken three guide, so he's he's not to be slept on, right? He he's a Tekken OG, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's then, I heard King. King. Yeah, Alex Valle did some did some big dog big dog shit like back in uh, like Tekken Worlds, I think. Right, there was like a huge tournament. Like I don't even know much about that. I don't really know the lore behind that, but I know Alex Valle was was involved in Tag One, so he was probably legacy in that shit over in T Five, and he mm -hmm. he had me beat, you know. And uh, I remember just like taking my losses and you know, and I was like, I'm gonna learn from this, you know. I want to get better, and um, my first time in Vegas or. Second, I think it was my, maybe my second time in Vegas, but my first time in Vegas for you know for Evo, and uh, and that was 2005. I don't, I don't really remember much about that. It was it was 5.0, and I, don't know, I just remember losing to Alex Valle. Um, and then, uh, but 2007, so they had these Evo qualifiers. So I didn't even do that well. I think I made like I think I only got like ninth place at the Evo East. I just everybody just had my number on the East Coast that day. People just. It was just a bad day. You yeah. know, it was a bad it was just a bad day. day. Worst day. <laughs> it was my worst day. Yeah, it was my worst day. So but I, I made it past pools because if you made top sixteen or top thirteen, whatever it was, right. you bypassed pools. And oh, that's, so that's like, all you needed, right? You were good. That's all, you, that's all you need, man. Imagine that. Imagine not having to deal with pools at Evo. No. It was like oh, so good. <laughs> so good. I'll bring that back. <laughs> so um so I just I got there and we were like, yo, like it was all this shit. It was all this hostility. It was the East West coast. It was right. before, you know, before like uh, day two and we played this money match. They recorded still on YouTube to this day. If you guys want to watch it. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, I even had a jump on him. I think I had an early jump or it was pretty even like the whole way. I, I want to say, uh, but I was always a tournament player. I, I was not good in long sets. Even in my prime and my highest of heydays, I was like a tournament player. I would, I would do okay in some money matches if I had to here and there, but uh, long sets, I would not do nearly as well. Like now, I'm a bit better in long sets. Um, but in those days, yeah, I didn't know frames back then. Was I it just, first to 10? Was this long set first to 10? First to 10, yeah. So he ends up beating me, I think, 10-8. And, oh, uh, dude, you did really well. That's fucking close, man. Yeah, it was back and forth and back and forth, and um, and then he beat me. So I was like, oh well. I was like, fuck it. I don't even care. Like I was like, 
I was like, well, it didn't even, it didn't phase me. Honestly, I was just so high on myself and I was just so happy to be there. I was with all my friends, all the homies, like no big deal. And then day two, I was like, I was just a machine. I didn't, I, I think I didn't get thrown all day. I, I remember even somebody grabbing me from the back and I somehow turned around and broke a back throw. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's impossible, but okay. <laughs> that's, that's, how day, right, that's how on right. point you were. <laughs> yeah, right. Like breaking throws from the back, right? So, yeah. Plus, plus you entertained a lot of people. Like, obviously, MYK came out last time and People are still talking about that story to this day. So, I mean, you put on a show. That's I definitely put on memories. This. Is it true and that he beat you with that baseball slide? Yeah, but you know, I, I, <laughs> you didn't mention it. I had to bring it up. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make it look good for the crowd, right? So, right, <laughs> give him the baseball slide. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I remember there was almost a fight too. One of their guys on the West Coast almost fought one of our guys, like one of the guys from Team New York. Actually, they, it, the shit talk got so heavy. And got so like attacking individuals. Like I remember, I remember our guy. He literally took his shirt off and threw his wallet on the ground. Fucking veins, veins popping out. Like people holding, people holding people back. His shit got like it was almost a <laughs> fucking brawl at the Green Valley Ranch. <laughs> like what the fuck? Just just from watching you play, right? They were just getting hyped on their own behind you guys. Right. right. It was that serious. <laughs> right. Right. It. Just a shit talking, going back and forth on both sides. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. So, okay. so the next, yeah, You're so the on next, fire. on fire, bro. I beat Frodo San from Hawaii. He's like best Yoshi player in the world. Like, um, I was just like playing super, super good. I, I, I fucking killed it. I made a top eight winners. Uh, they did the interview, and uh, my first match was against Filthy Rich. The in the day three, that is online, and and then my highlight match of my career. It's definitely not only is it the highlight match in regard to like just what I did. The con- it was like it has to do with the comeback, has to do with like just the right reads, and then just totally taking advantage of the situation was was against Bronson in the winners finals of Evo two thousand seven. And it was what through that match. What happened? You want to talk about that? Oh, I have to talk about that. This is my, this is my, this is my probably my greatest. I've like achieved a lot of good things. Yeah. I would say the only thing that feels better than that is like my baby niece that is in my life now. Right. <laughs> There's never been a feeling this good. So, and you'll see why when I, when I tell you this story. So, so, so Bronson beats Aurario. So I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> you won demons out of the tournament. I was like, this is great. He beat Aurario. I'm going to worry. I'm just going to beat him the way I beat him in Long Island. Right. And that's going to be that. So we, he comes out of the gate, fucking guns blasting. And he's just running through me like, like crazy. Yeah. Did he and, play very um, differently from the first time you played him back in your hometown? Oh, he used Gary instead of Julia. Oh, really? Did that throw you yeah. off? Yeah, it threw me off. But I was like, you know, I I almost was like, I'd rather this match than the Julia match. You know, like I, I could beat Gary. It's yeah. easier than Julia. You know, so um, so then it was just like we're on we're on Lily stage, the pink pink pop. Yeah. And um, yeah, like the guitar solo comes in. It's like it's a true Spirogen moment. Like I'm down, <laughs> down on life, down on, down on rounds, down on luck. Everything's looking down. I hear the guitar solo. I felt the felt the Holy Spirit of Christ. I felt like like the, the tingles <laughs> on my back. And I'm just like, you will win, Spirogen. Let's go. 
<laughs> and um, I, I just, I made this ridiculous comeback and I got him to whiff. I got him to do a get up kick twice. Oh I, no. That's easy. He does a, that point. Yo, he does a get up kick. I launch him for it. And uh, I, I, as I'm launching him, I, I look over, I see him smack himself in the head. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, all right, all right, all right. And then like, you know, boy, boy, I take that round. Next round happens. He's, 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 he's got the advantage the next round. Does another get up kick. I, I, I come so close. It's like literally like a freaking, the skin of your teeth. And I just do like a micro back dash to get up kick whiffs and Boom! Mirage down for both kicks. Oh my god! The fact that you As remember a, this in detail is incredible. That means it's a special win. That's awesome. So, so I'm I, as I'm comboing him, I look in the corner of my eye. He's pounding himself in the head. He's just <laughs> slamming his head. And in my mind, I'm like, "You got this. It's over. It's over. You will win now." And I take that game. And you know, back in those days, it was a it was a side. It was like if you lose a game, you have the right to switch sides as a loser, right? As a yeah. loser, yeah. I think that's so, still the case at Evo in the rule book. Nobody does it anymore. I think uh, was it Sonic Fox did that to go one in uh, Dragon Ball Z, and it was controversial. Oh, but it's still in the rules. You can I, still do I that. They have it in the rules, but I, I think Sonic Fox did it when um, when. Go one did the reset, I believe, right? I, I don't think it was after one was, match, or was it? I don't think it was after one match, but I think you're entitled to it. I think you're still. Yeah. I think it's, it's on the, in the reset. He asked somewhere. for the side swap, and it, there was a huge controversy about that. Right. Okay. So yeah. Sorry. What happened next, bro? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so you know, he was pissed. Oh, I want my because I think I took his side after after he beat me the first game. You know what I mean? So that was that was like part of my whole. My whole game plan was just to throw off the momentum. And he's like, oh, my side back. I'm in the side back. So, so the start of the third game, I just do a two grab. And if he breaks, he broke, breaks a two grab, I get, my, I get the side back. Is oh, that what happens? <laughs> so, like, if you, a lot of characters in Tekken, like, if they're, they're generic two grabs, like, if you break it, it switches sides. Right. Yeah. So it was just the ultimate, like, fuck you, I got it anyway. <laughs> you know? That's so good. That's I mean, you so started off the, the round with that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. That was, yeah, like, after the whole debacle, and he was all like, cause we, we would, I would load my, you know, I took, I brought my flash drive so I could load my Tiger Jackson custom. Like, you were allowed to use customs back then. Like, so I had to, like, took time and, like, re reprogram the controller in and put the custom in. And like, it was like a whole big fucking thing. And then I just, like, took my side back, like, fuck off. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Yup. And then I just ran through him that third game and it was just like getting perfects, just just killing him. Just killing him. I would I would highly suggest you watch Spiritgen versus yeah. Bronson Trend Evo Finals. <laughs> Evo we should probably link that in the, um, in the in the video for sure. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna and I'm definitely gonna put the time into splice the video of this audio or something like that. So that's fucking hilarious, dude. So oh, after, after you beat Bronson, what was it like? What was the initial I just no. felt so good. It was just honestly, it was like the, I felt like I had won Evo. Honestly, at that point, like I felt like I won. Like that was so. Just and the fact that I saw him pounding on his own head. Yeah, <laughs> that was like ultimate satisfaction. <laughs> I mean, did, doing that, to someone making them hurt themselves like that. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> You ever right. play Pokemon? Like you're making him hurt himself with confusion or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right. So that was that. And then when he lost to, I, was probably, I probably did too much damage to him to the point where Arario beat him. <laughs> and then Arario came back and, and reset you know, reset the bracket. And then I think, I think he beat me like four, one, four, one or something like that. Or four, zero, four, one. It was, it was, a, it was very clean how he beat me. So yeah. you, you got the grand finals, Evo 07, right? Yeah. And then I just like, winner it's side. Like winner oh, side. And I fucking threw it away. Taking it easier on Bronson, dude. He could have probably beat Orario. I know. Even though, even though you, you guys were, you know, putting a show and shit like that, was there any blowback to the fact that, you were talking shit about Rario, and then he beat you in a money match, and then then he beat you in grand finals. Is there any kind of shit talk around that? Um, at that point, I think I just kind of like, I just like, bow, you know, shook his hand. Like, Yo, you're the better man. That's it. Stayed off the forums for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I was like, kind of. It was actually kind of a sad, sad time in my life after that in regard to Tekken. Because I was at like such a high. Oh, and th- also that year I had made it to SBO. I-, I qualified. I had like this epic victory. Um, oh, we got to talk about SBO. We talked about that the MYK. I want to hear the East Coast version of holy that SBK team. Shit. That, that was a start. An- that was another epic story. So like you know they had the- this little this little mom and pop arcade all the way up in a town called Winchenden, Massachusetts, like really close to Vermont. It's like northern Massachusetts. Um, this guy. This guy ran these, this tournament, and it, he was the sponsor for for like in those days. It was like the arcade owner had to lay out the the money to spawn. I think like Namco wasn't. I don't think Namco paid much. I could be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that like each guy, each arcade owner, like the the east, the west, and the south were three SBO qualifiers in America. Um, so, but the thing is with that tournament is you had to play on stick, right. not a pad player. So. I reached out to, I forget who it was. Somebody made me a stick. And I was like, could you just please make me a stick? That's the closest to a Japanese arcade stick, you know? It wasn't a Moss stick, right? Obviously. I'm not even sure at the time. And somebody on the forums, I reached out, like, I got you. They built me one. They sent it. I paid, paid them for it. They sent it to me. And How much did I it just, cost? Uh, probably at the time, less than 100 bucks. Oh wow! So was it just a box with some wires and shit, or what? Exactly, just a box of wires. Plug that in, and I, I remember that being the most I ever labbed in Tekken Five, because I was just like nonstop practicing on stick. I was like, I have to do this. I have to go to Japan. I'm never gonna get a chance in my life to go to Japan. I have to go to Japan. So, <clears throat> so I, we, uh, I wake up. It was just like one of those mornings. I woke up. I go to 7-Eleven and get a buffalo chicken sandwich. Shit was probably sitting there for like a week. <laughs> I'm driving everybody up there. I pick everybody up. I'm like, got this stomach ache going on. We get all the way up there. I feel like total shit. My head hurts. My stomach hurts. And they did three single elimination tournaments. So the winner of each tournament goes to SBO. Though That makes up the team of three. Right. Were they in different locations or in the same location? Same location. There's like we're gonna do one tournament, winner, then that winner can't enter the next. Then we do the second tournament. That winner can't enter the third, and then everybody plays in a third tournament, and then that there you go. You have your team. Wow. So, so Jimmy J just goes there and just cleans house for the first tournament. Just kills everybody. Just takes so, the first spot. So he flew out because he didn't qualify in the West Coast, and then he heard about the East Coast rules or what you guys are doing, and then he flew out, right? 
Yeah, he flopped. He's like, there's no way these guys can beat me. <laughs> so and he was he surely was right. So um especially on stick, you know, because like the pad play because those our best players, GM, Fab, Realist, like um Exalted, Liquid, like all of our best pet, all of our best players play on pad. Yeah, it's a huge transition. I mean, even if you go for it for a couple of months, I don't think you're ever going to be 100% in such a short time, you know? Like it definitely takes a, a while for you to be 100% used to it. Right. So yeah. I, I was all right. Like I, bo- I moved real good on P1 side, like back dash cancel real good. But like, and then my X, my offense was crazy on player two side. Yeah. And I just thumb, dude. It's that thumb. I know, bro. I know. So, so I get so first tournament, I lose first round. Damn, I'm out right away. So I just sat there and suffered, and I was just like suffering, like feeling like shit. And then Jimmy J wins that tournament, right? So the second tournament starts right away. I lose first round again. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Holy shit! I was like beside myself. I was just like, Are you losing to the players that you feel like you should be losing to, or? Uh, one of them was like Mojo, Mojo Gogo, who who was good. He was just, but he played Mardog. He, he just tackled everybody. <laughs> yeah, I was fucking Mardog is the same way back then as he is now. He's cheap, cheap as fuck. <laughs> so, um, and how hard I, how hard did he take these losses? Because I feel like me, I'm not that great of a player. But sometimes when I lose, it's just the lowest of lows. But you had found success, and you're losing the first round. Like, how hard were you taking these losses? I was taking it. I took it really hard. The second loss, the first loss, I was like, "Just fucking brush it off, dude." I was like, "You'll be fine." I was like, "Jimmy J won anyway. Like, right. Who cares?" You know, like just just don't worry about. It. Don't let it get to you. And then the second one, it was like it, it bothered me. And I'm like, "Dude, I'm like yo, like my head is fucking. I have a migraine right now. Like my, my stomach feels like shit. Like I feel so shitty." I was like, "This sucks. Like, why do I got to feel like this on this day? It's so important." And then this guy, Brandon. I don't even know. I can't. I can't tell you his last name. Maybe Brandon Roke. R O K. I don't know. This guy, he's a Massachusetts player. He's like, listen, bro. He's like, go over that couch over there. Go take a nap. He's like, I'll wait. I'll wake you up before the third one starts. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Just don't. Don't even worry about anything. He's like, I'll wake you up. Just, just go relax. I. He's like, you need, you need, need to be your best. I was like, all right. I it sounds like a trap. It sounds like a complete trap. I would never. Dude, this is a tra- <laughs> bro. This is a, this is a, this was a trap from from the gods from the heavens. Watch this. I put my head down on that couch. I immediately fell asleep. All of a sudden, I feel something on my shoulder. It's Brandon waking me up. None of none of my homies from New York. Everybody wanted it. So meanwhile, Bloodhawk won the second one. Bloodhawk, of course, Bloodhawk won. Like, Bloodhawk's the only stick player from New York. <laughs> you right. know. Um. So, you know, everybody and people were fucking this is where like brother against brother. This is where people like they almost my homies wanted me to stay sleeping. Like they were like, <laughs> oh, fuck you, dude. Like, we want to go to Japan right now. Like, we love you and all, but Japan, we love Japan more. And this this guy who I didn't even really know him, he just wakes me up. He hands me a monster. I never even knew what a monster was. I didn't even know what an energy drink was. Oh my and god. He wakes me up. He goes, Spiro Jin, here. He thrusts the monster forward. I mean, he goes, I believe in you. He goes, I believe in you. As he, as he puts it forward, <laughs> I slam the fucking monster down. I get on the cabinet. I start running through people one after the next. Oh, my and, God. 
then it was a crazy upset on one side. Um, and then the on the other side, single limb. So, like, on the other side, I have to play Mojo, the guy who beat me the first tournament, who's probably the next best player there. And if I had beaten him, I would have played, I think it was, like, 200... 200 won or 200 yen. I get him confused. It was an Anna player from West Coast, and he just won. Yeah, I, I just I, I was I was straight on that. I, I I don't know why. I just knew I would be able to beat him. But Mojo was the problem, you know. So it was fi- it was double Luigi. It was literally double Luigi down to the last pixel, and there was something in my brain that said, "Just run up and do one, two, four, four." I couldn't tell you, like, I literally heard a voice in my head tell me this. And this has happened to me in Tekken before. Like, I get, like, whispers from God to, to do certain <laughs> things. And I just listen. I just do what I'm told. And it works. <laughs> and I literally ran up. I did one, two. He blocks the left, right. I jump up in the fucking air with the big fucking double, with the big jumping kick, and he gets blasted and dies. And I advance to the finals. Oh man! He went down to his knees and started crying on the cabin. He couldn't even. He wouldn't shake my hand. Tears, (laughs) tears were falling. (laughs) I mean, that's how you know the old days were real, dude. Nobody, people just fucking. Pretend not to care now, but that's fucking amazing. I mean, it's we passion. gotta think about it. There's more at stake here, right? It's a trip to uh, to Japan, right? Yeah, so, trip to yeah. Japan before yeah, Japan yeah. got whack. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I, I cleaned up. I cleaned up 201, and, that, and I won my trip, and I won it. And it was like one of the. That was another like one of the greatest days of my life. Like it was so because the greatest like two of my fa- like best times of my life, hands down, was when I went to Japan when I went to Greece for Tekken. So that's awesome. So for, so at this time. Were you, so your teammates were Bloodhawk and Jimmy J, right? Where did you guys start communicating immediately about like, hey, is, like what was it like? You got you guys are an instant team, right? Is that how it worked? The three winners were a team. Yeah, yeah. So we were the team, and uh, yeah, we I guess we just chit chatted here and there. I, honestly, I think we were. I'm pretty sure everybody was just so thrilled to go to Japan. Like no one really cared about about winning once we got there. Right. Like, no, we're fucking yeah. Japan. Fuck this, you know. Like we tried. We wanted to win, of course, and we. But we were more about like let's grind, let's like arcade hop and and see what we could do and, and get okay. as many. Yeah. So I gotta ask about this. So Japan, that's like a mystical place for gamers. What was it like going to Japan for the first time? What was the flight like? What did it smell like when you landed? Just tell us everything about Japan. Oh my God! So uh, interestingly, um, I've suffered my whole life. I still do from nasal polyps, so I have like these cysts in my nose. And I got diagnosed, you know, with them back back then, a couple mo- months before I, I qualified. So like nasal polyps, you just feel like you have boogers in your nose, and it's like your nose is stuffed. You know, you're like clogged up, but there's just a cyst in your nose, right? So like. I totally forgot that I had. I was just so high that I was I'm going to Japan. Like, and like we, I get to Japan right with with the flight. I don't even remember. I took a Xanax and just passed out. I was just totally knocked out. I was like afraid of flying at the time. So like, I was like, oh, I got my hands on. I got my doctor to prescribe me Xanax for the flight, and I like, that was that. So, um, I get there right. I'm like, it was me and Steve. Like, I think I, I think I stayed with Steve and J- and Jimmy J stayed with. Stay with some of the West Coast guys, you know, because that's all right. Well, sorry, what's Steve? Who's Steve? Oh, Steve's Bloodhawk. I'm sorry. Okay, Bloodhawk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, you know, we got to we get to the hotel and, and he's like, Oh, we got we gotta get going. I was like, Hold on, I just gotta blow my nose real quick, right? 
I blow my nose thinking I have like a booger in my nose and it's like my polyp. And I was like so excited to go to the arcades and play. I just blew as hard as I could. I rupture the polyp as blood pouring down my face. Oh, <laughs> this is my first <laughs> night in Japan. See, like Bloodhawk's like, what the fuck? He's like, what are we going to do? I was like, what do you mean? What are we going to do? I'm going to stuff a tissue up my nose. We're going to go to the fucking arcade. That's what we're going to do. And I just played. And that was my, like, the whole trip. I was just, like, replacing a tissue up my nose. Just, like, no no, no care is given. And uh, it was amazing. Like, each arcade had had its own level of players. There was, like, beginner arcades. There was Joybox, which was, like, the top arcade. And, um... In the beginning, like I wanted, I wanted to play rank battles in Joybox, and they all had like the highest ranks. So I tried to get to all the small arcades to rank up past the Dan's and get my card up so I can go to Joybox and compete. And it was cool. Like it was the, the the subways were super easy to get around, and um, oh man, the food was amazing. The people were so they were so nice. Like everybody had such nice manners and. It was so courteous to me, so kind. The f- uh, it was clean. You could like eat off the streets of Tokyo. I remember like just so such a clean place, you know. That's crazy, man. I feel like as a gamer, I really want to go to Japan, but this whole COVID stuff and it's like then you hear about all these arcades closing. It feels like a bygone era of you can't really get that experience anymore. Like people aren't you know what I mean? It's like, sad. Real lucky. Very, I'm very, very lucky, very blessed that I got a chance to do that. When, when at the time, like you said, right now, you just wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same, right? It definitely yeah, would not that's be. That's pre smartphone, too. So you were just getting around, getting around, right? Like you had, you get to look at maps, I'm sure, not smartphone stuff. Right, right. I didn't even have, I didn't even get a rental phone or anything. I just, uh, I knew, remember the guy I said in St. Louis, Mirai, the exchange student? Right. You, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he mentioned him last episode, too. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, yo, if you, ever make, if you ever make it out to Japan, give me a shout. And of course, I made it out to Japan. I was like, yo, I'm here. So he was like, oh, awesome. You know, so he showed me around and showed me places and I got to do some stuff. And I had I had him as like, he wasn't like with me the whole time, but I had like kind of like my own tour guide a little bit. And they offered, the guy who, who sponsored the event offered to like have a tour guide and a translator come everywhere with Bloodhawk and I. But we were like, yeah, that's all right. You, you guys can do what you want. We'll, we'll be all right. Yeah. That's awesome. So how'd the tournament go? What was it like? What, like, was it a pretty packed? How many? How many people was it? All that. Oh man, the tournament was like it was packed, and it was like so crowded in that place. It's hard because everything was Japanese, so it's like you didn't really understand what was going on, and then until like you were just like, all right, go ahead, go play. You know, somebody like pushes you over over to the cabinet <laughs> um but this the sad thing was is that they didn't allow pad players to use their pads so like yeah. i actually walked around with my pad around my neck like as a statement <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but uh they they said i asked them why and they said um it's not traditional so were the hookups even on the cabinets? Like, were you no. directly able to? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that so was really... kind of logistic. Oh, it was it only an American thing? Okay, so that's why they were able to accommodate Korean players. All they had to do is just, you know, take a screwdriver and put a Korean lever in. Yeah. For Americans, it's kind of less feasible. Is that why? I guess I think it's like kind of. I think it's kind of bush league that 
they literally would like take open up the cabinet, get screwdrivers out, taking the screws out, putting the levers in, put it in, plugging the wires in. It's like, yo, why can't you just can't you just like solder a fucking <laughs> USB <laughs> converter and like let's get right. this going? Yeah, at least for yeah. the vent, right? You know, like why not? Right. So I was kind of I was a little salty about that at the time. I'm not gonna lie. At, at this point, how many months did you have on stick? Because you you got that stick that you bought off TZ, right? Right. I probably only had about like six months on stick. Okay, so you you weren't a noob. You weren't, you know, you were flying probably right on stick. I was doing pretty good, honestly. I I was I wasn't bad. I wasn't bad on stick. Um, I just, but I wasn't as precise as I am on pad. Pad, I could do some magical things uh, as where like, I, I, I my brain knows, my hands know what I want to do on stick to the same like the same way, but I just can't. I just don't have that comfort. I've had a, I've had a pad in my hand since I'm a little since it's like Mario days since I'm a little kid. So like, are you are you still on pad today? Oh yeah, I still use a PS one pad. Okay, and uh, this is super. Oh yeah, that's awesome. PS one pad. Talk about that real quick. Why do you use a PS one pad? So I got so I used PS two during my like T five days. That was the that was my best pad, you know. Um, but when I went back when I started playing Tekken again, Tekken seven. Um, I was like, all right, I need a pad. So I so saw like the fighting commander. So I like started with the fighting commander. And like the way I'm just very, very hard on, on my pads, on everything I do and fucking push man hard on it. So, um, it just, I would go through a fighting commander in like two months. I'm like, they don't even have enough in the, on the market to, for me to, you know, for me to survive with this. So, so then somebody was like, all right, well, you know, use, use a DS4. I was like, oh, I hate the way the dual shocks, the, you know, feel. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll just get used to it. So I was like going through like, I went through like four or five DualShock 4s like a year. Like I would just break them. Like the pads just like die on me. You mean DualShock 2 at this time? No, this is T, this is like Tekken 7 getting back oh, okay. into it. I got you. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I'm like, damn, this is not going to work. So somebody's like, yo, there's like a Brook converter out there. You could buy a Brook converter, has no lag, and you could use PS2 pad. I was like, all right. So I found my old PS2 pad, got the Brook converter, and it just didn't feel right. Like it just felt, it felt like I was, I had to push so hard and I wasn't really getting movements. And I was like, this, is, this doesn't feel good. And then my cousin Rob actually gave me a PS1 pad for Christmas one year. He's like, yeah, I'll just have you on this my gift to you cuz like <laughs> and, and i just had this ps1 pad lying around i was like huh, let me just try it and like i plugged in the ps1 pad to the brook converter i'm like yo this is good like this feels the way it felt back in the day you know this is the way it always felt really no delay i i tried those out and i felt like i felt delay on 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 those converters but it was actually during the first season of second seven when it came out on console i don't know if you remember that there was a huge delay back then did you download the firmware for the Brook Converter? I did not. Uh, <laughs> yep, that'll get you. Yeah. When Tekken 7 came out, I definitely felt like I, I wanted an older pad. I was a PS3 pad guy, but I, like you said, the D-pad is kind of tough on the PS3, PS2, so I definitely want to try a PS1 pad out now that you're saying that. It sounds interesting. The thing is, it's very hard to find like a, a, a perfectly functioning PS1 pad. So like, if you go to the... If you go to like... Uh, the button configuration in T7, and you just take your, you just take your thumb and you just hold it on left, hold it on, you know, down, hold on back, hold on down back, hold it on down, hold on down forward, and you just like do that, 
you'll you could test to see if the pads fucked or not because like it'll flicker. You'll just have your thumb solid, not moving on back, and you'll see it just flickering onto the down back, and that's how you know it's it's no good. And it's very hard to find one that like you just put thumb down on the on the direction, you hold it there, and it doesn't move, and it stays on that direction. And if you could find one of those, you give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you tried the uh was it the ps1 classic you know how they made that mini ps1 are those similar ps1 pads at all they they feel perfect but the only problem is with those is they won't they're not compatible with uh steam or any kind of they only work on the ps1 classic like they won't work on a on a tekken 7 ps4 or tekken 7 steam or anything like that damn that's a shame okay yep Otherwise, that would have been that, then they would have made new ones that are that work the same way and feel the same way. It would have been perfect, but yeah, it's very hard. Like I, I was buying them on eBay, brand new in the box. I was paying like over a hundred dollars a piece for them at times, and I would take it out of the box, and and it still would be shot because like it just was probably sitting somewhere in the sun or who knows, you know, the elements. Just these things are like over twenty years old. Right now, the collectors' markets gone crazy all the people who were gamers in the 90s are making money now and all that stuff on ebay is just shot up in price it's crazy right right sure all right so sbo uh were you one of the were you a team just like myk's where you guys were knocked out first round was that what happened yep. there yeah half yeah half the whole tour half the tournaments knocked out first round sucks so uh yeah yeah we got out first round um i had to go off and go up against the lily player first game um it sucked, man. Like it was the first time in my life my down forward two got sidestepped. <laughs> I was like, oh. "Holy shit! What <laughs> is this demon harlot character?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I just and he picked. He got to. He won the coin toss. So so my opponent got to pick the side because oh. I I was like, if I could just get get my get my get the right side, at least I could just like move the right way, and you know, yeah, and. Um, but then it was weird. The the person who wins the coin toss gets to pick the side, but the loser of the coin toss gets to pick the stage. The hell? Okay. So yeah, I picked the cathedral because I figured it would get me in the zone, but it was only one game, so I didn't get that whole Bronson comeback thing. <laughs> yeah, one game's rough. That's that's brutal. Right. One game and you're in a foreign country, it's like, oh my lord. <laughs> For sure. So anything else notable about the trip before we get off, I guess? This, this little era um yeah there was there was a definitely a memorable moment i learned i learned a lot about a lot about life in this one moment so i went to y- yamasa yu's bar <clears throat> so this guy you know you guys familiar with that player the fang player yep yep the fang i know player. he had a bar okay i don't know if he still does but he did at the time and uh you know we were we had a ps4 or ps3 at the time so therefore i was like oh spirit gets the could use his pad, you know? Yeah. So we played for money. We played for a decent amount of money. It was probably like a first, it was like a first to 10, I think, for like 50 bucks or 100 bucks. It was a pretty nice, it was a pretty yeah. decent chunk, chunk of change, right? And I was playing my heart out, right? And he beats me like 10 9, right? And I reach in and grab the end and I hand it to him. And he hand, and he, he, he pushes my hand back with the money and he goes, it was such an honor to play you 
I could never take your money, please. Yeah, oh, dude. And I was just like humble pie central, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> a nice guy, dude. Those, yeah, they're not like us Americans, dude. That's, that's right, very nice. Ameri- right. So that taught me a lot right there, and I was just like, wow, okay. That's pretty cool. I mean, you're yeah, you're in 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 his country, right? So I mean, the fact that that he would do that's kind of cool. Like I've, I've never heard a story like that before, at least from like the American side, but. Yeah, yeah and that, someone pushing the money so back has never happened here. No, <laughs> right, I know. The Yankee money away. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um. Actually, I think I have done that to a couple of youngsters. Yeah. After I, uh, that point, or before that point? Long after that, in Tekken Seven, these kids, some kids wanted to like, I don't know, and then I can't just destroy them, and I'm like, yo, listen, bro, keep your money, and um, just just keep practicing, just do your best, and then. You know, uh, just try your hardest and keep keep working. You know, and uh, there was one other cool thing that happened when I was there. I, when I went to the arcade, the Joybox arcade, all of the Eddie players met up with me, handed me they they presented me a disc, a DVD, and they formatted it for American DVD player, and it was all Eddie footage of all of their Eddie players in Japan, and like. They're like, this is a gift wow. for you because you are the best Eddie in the world. You are the best Eddie wow. ever. And we want to give you this um, as up-and-coming Eddie players. And we, we hope to be like you one day. And they had like somebody translate that for me. I was yeah. just like, oh, my, my, God. my heart. Yeah, my heart. I was like, oh. My. And I still have that DVD to this day. Like, I, put, I pop it in and watch it once in a while. <laughs> That's incredible, dude. So at this time, how, how was information spread? Was it, did you have to download videos direct? There was not was it was there, the youtube was probably in its infancy at this point maybe like a year out like how, how are they seeing your footage they would uh how did they see my footage so they would they saw my footage from guys like uh ian who would run like kits like he would that those that guy would have uh he would stream the not stream it, but he would record. It. He'd have equipment to to actually feed from the from the monitors into a into his computer and record this stuff. So and like you know, uh, Evo would have that stuff recorded as well. They did that from way back then. So there was some footage like that. Otherwise, it was just like camcorder stuff uploaded onto the computer. We would just uh, we did how did it. I don't even know if they like, how did they see me? That's a good question. How did they actually see me? They must have saw some footage from somewhere. Yeah, um, I remember DL plus plus back in the day. Like you could do like peer-to-peer videos. That's like for older games or something. But I don't know. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's freaking amazing that they did that. That's heartwarming. That was really, really heartwarming. It was like so nice. And uh yeah, I don't I don't wanna I uploaded a few a few things onto YouTube like way back then. I I, I kicked myself now for it. I was like, dude, you you could have been an original Tekken content creator like way back right. then and i just All the people started early yeah made it yeah um so i'm so like what if, why would i stop doing that but who, who would have known you know what i mean it was just a whole bunch of work a whole bunch of effort so um so yeah those are the probably the best moments of japan and just the fact that i was able to freely and safely just go through the streets and, and go into all these different arcades there was always tekken players and uh it was just so exciting and so competitive and constant just endless amounts of games sounds like heaven man i wish i wish there was i don't know hd cameras back then to follow you guys and stuff like that just to see what it was like but man that's crazy yeah man when i die and uh 
I meet my maker. Uh, he's like, oh, where, where do you want to go? Take, take me back to Japan 2007, you know. <laughs> just throw, and then just, just to spice it up for me, throw some controller ports in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so you get, you get back from Japan. You're probably feeling yourself at this point. You have this amazing tech and life experience. What was, what was tech and life after, I guess, post-Japan? What, what was going on, I guess, in the States? All right, so what happened after that was... So we had 2000, so I had my, I don't know what happened. I think it was Japan and then Evo, or I don't know if it was Evo in Japan. It was, they were very close together when I did, you know, when both happened. Um, but like at that point, T6 was announced or like it was, it was about to be out, you know? So they did, DR was, was around in 2008 but everybody kind of stopped playing. Everybody was just kind of like straight on it. And they were like waiting for T6 and just like getting ready, getting, getting hyped for T6. And I still wanted to keep going because I was on fire, you know, but I was getting a lot of negative, um, I guess, feedback from my, from my family and from girlfriend at the time. And I just had no support. I, I really had no support with second my whole life like even when i came back in tekken 7 the, the people that have supported me the most in this game have been the, the tekken community and the fgc and and all of the people in here have supported me more than anybody at home like friends family like it's just always been an issue it's always been a problem it's always been like you're on your own you know figure it out and if this is what you want to do then go do it and you're not going to get no help or know anything from it. it's kind of sad and that whole attitude and energy was was forced on i remember when i got when i got home from from vegas and i got second my parents said their their response to me was oh you got second in the world huh good for you i hope it's out of your system now you can focus on school more oh that, that was how it was delivered to me yeah i was just never praised for anything and then the girl I was with at the time, like, didn't want, I wanted to go to Evo 2008 because I was like, I can fucking win this. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? And I think there was something, I have all my tournament, uh, actually my tournament history, especially at that time, is on my Twitch. So if you go on my Twitch, you'll see, I, I kept record of all of my tournaments, my placings and everything. There was like an, I think an 11 month period between like around 2007, it was like 2008, ah, it was two, 2008, 2009. Yes, yes, because I'm looking at a trophy that I have. I was a main event champion in 2009. Um, I went like 11 months where I either got first or second place at a DR tournament. I was just like Amazing. killing it. I was so hot. I was, I think this was after SBO, after Evo. I was just riding out my skill. I was like really, really good. Felt really good. People, but I like at that point, I was, I was starting to practice less and less. And then I was like going to less sessions, going to less dojos. And then before you know it, like I started losing more. And then between, and it, it was nothing but myself to blame because I was just yeah. not practicing, you know? And um, between the the negative energy that I got from the family and, and you know friends and all that, and then starting to lose, that started to like pull me away from the game. And um, when T6 came out, I figured like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking be good at T6 because I'm good at DR. And it was just such a bad mentality to have. So so the wrong way to be thinking about it. And um, I lost a couple of tournaments. I, I remember going to like, it was like a big E event. And I lost to like a Long Island player. 
Oh no, home turf. <laughs> it was like a Long Island guy who wasn't like he he was he was he was all right. You know, he wasn't <laughs> all right. No, he's my homie, Achilles. Shout out to Achilles. He's a man. He's a man. But he but he knows he knows that uh that <laughs> he had me. I guess he's hey, listen, Achilles is the better Tekken Six player. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's hold up. So when Tekken Six came out, what were the notable differences for from DR? Like I said, I don't know too much about those two games. What were the biggest things that were different to you? Hands down was Rage. Because it was like, I would get them down to a certain life, and then they would just hit me a few times and I would die. As where, like, I could, you could never do that to me in VR. Like, you have to make that comeback. So the first time they had Rage, right? T6? Yeah, and it was heavy. It was like, uh, the damage was serious, and and it, it, it activated, it didn't activate that I don't know what, what the percentage love life would activate, but it was. I just remember it doing it doing chunks, and then the bound system pissed me off because, like, I personally like. I love what I love the most about Tekken is like the ground game, the spacing, the neutral. You know, um, the wake up situations, quick wake up situations, and just right. like I don't like when you're just getting wall carried, you're getting comboed for for twenty seconds, like these Akuma com like that stuff is the biggest turnoff for me in the game is like the more you're tail spinning and bounding and resets and then rage drive spins and then they get to yeah. tail spin and like this is just what are we doing here? You know? Um it's only that's just me. From, no, it honestly it's, right. it's a good it's a valid complaint. It's only gotten like worse as as second seven has progressed. Like you look at uh, most characters now, everyone seems to have a. Uh, a pretty like pretty good wall carry right like most characters can drag it from one corner to the other and right. you're also stuck like dealing with with the wake up after all that you know like it's i i do i do agree with that it's it's definitely a pain in the ass right now yeah as we're taking like taking five is just like launch and eddie's combo be back three three two forward relax two forward three yeah. done that's it and then you got to guess yeah. and then and, reset neutral yeah feels right. good or that probably felt a lot better just getting more opportunities to play neutral and shit Right, right. So that was the, so between the bound system, the lack of neutral, and then the rage, it was just like, oh my god, this is like, this is insane. <laughs> so did you uh, hate tag two? Like hearing your. <laughs> so interestingly, what happened was after that, after that loss to that Long Island player, I think I think I just stopped playing at that point. I was just yeah. like, well, I'm not practicing anyway, so why am I going to just be showing up to these tournaments? So I just was like, <clears> kind of getting. At that point, I was like finishing up college, so I was like, you know, I just let's just do you know, let's just do what we're supposed to do, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like let's listen to what everybody else tells me to do and not do what I want to do, kind of thing. But it was like, you know, it's part of life. You learn, you learn to walk your own path eventually. And um, were you and, studying uh, college at, the, at that time? Uh, teaching. I was a phys ed phys ed major. So okay, that's awesome. So that was cool. Yeah, it was a good good time in college. Uh, and yeah, and that was uh, that was it. So I stopped, and then life took over. Like the working world took over, and I just like never found like nothing worked. Went into teaching, found all this bullshit that went on in, in the schools, and like spoke up about about the way teachers were literally like abusing students and shit and like horrible stuff. And they were like, we don't want this fucking guy. Get this fucking guy out of here. <laughs> big mouth, big mouth. Get him out right. of here. No. He's making, you know, so then that didn't work. And then like, I, I went somewhere else. Then I went to be a personal trainer after that. 
I worked at another job for a little while and that didn't work out. And then I went to be personal trainer. So I was like really happy as a trainer, like in the best shape of my life. Um, I was like feeling good. I was helping people get in shape, I, all that stuff. And then from there, I, I would just, I barely was playing any tech and like, I would think about it here and there. And the realist would call me up and he'd be like, bro, you're missing out. <laughs> He's like, you're missing out, man. He's like, yo. Is he got a second six? Is that so what you you're missing out just in general. He's like, yo, they, they, people stream now. I was like, what? He's like, this is something called streaming where you could like go and, and broadcast your gameplay and like you could make money from playing Tekken without having to go to a tournament. And like, he's like, yo, there's like tournaments are, are being sponsored now. And like, he's like, things are getting bigger. He's like, this, this is like, this is growing. This is like getting. Is like professional gaming is becoming a thing, and like elite, like esports is like a thing. And I, I just was so caught up in like my world. I didn't even give like I didn't even want to hear it. Like I, I just kind of was like, ah, yeah. whatever, you know. And um, it's almost like it's almost like a Paul Phoenix Tekken story, like <laughs> fucking out on the out down on my luck, you know, just like nothing's working out, and then um. And it's funny how things come back around and just nothing worked out for me. And then I was like told to go get a job as a, as a train conductor. And um, like, again, just me listening to like everybody but myself and just doing what everyone tells me to do, just like blindly going along my life. And um, that was, the, that was the, the critical moment in my life is when I, I gave up. I gave up everything to be a train conductor. I gave up all my hobbies. I gave up all my passions. I gave up everything about myself to like to just chase the dollar to chase the dollar because that's what I was told and raised to do. And, um, I got heavy into alcohol. I got heavy into pills. I got heavy into smoking. I got heavy into like, I was just great depression. I was at the bottom of my, I was literally at like rock bottom of my life. Like I couldn't even sustain a relationship. I was just so fucked up. And, um, Again, I find like all this corruption and this shit in the railroad, and I speak up, and like, and then I was just like, "Yo, my my life is falling apart. My father was dying. Like everything bad in my life was happening." And um, I was just like, "Thunder in my background." I'm sorry. As soon as you mentioned it, thunder just struck, dude. That's right. Yeah, the the gods hear me now. You know. (laughs) uh, So and it's it's interesting because it's like you know they, they it's very cliche sounding but you really need like we each and every one of us needs need to chase what it is that feels right within you know it's like just because you know that's why it's like we all play different characters in tekken and life is in tekken like each character is for each person like you're not, not if everybody played if everybody played eddie it wouldn't wouldn't be fun you know <laughs> yeah you wouldn't stand out right Right. So, um, so when I hit, when I finally reached a point where it was like point of no return, I just, uh, I picked up, I took, I took whatever, whatever money I put into that job, I cashed out, I moved out of New York. I was like, peace, I'm out of here. I was like, I'm going to finally just do what I need to do and and heal myself and and just fix my life and, and get my shit together. And, uh, I was too weak to, to lift weights. I was too, too weak to, to I had I was so removed from teaching I wasn't able to teach and the only thing that I had it in me to do was play Tekken so I took my money I moved to Texas I moved to Dallas there was a couple of guys over there that 
the realist was there at that point. He had moved from Connecticut to to uh, to Dallas, and he was uh, he was there for me. And Ice Cold Edge was there, and uh, Eddie Pistons, and you know all those guys were were out there. And I got off the alcohol, I got off the Adderalls, I got off the cigarettes, I got off all the all the drugs and all the substances, and I used Tekken to get my life back because I knew I had a little bit of a regret because I was like, well, you were kind of forced to leave right after when you were on top from all your, all the pressure of your friends and family. So like what would have happened if you stayed in it? You know, would, would I have been up there with Anakin and, and Jimmy J like within every tournament if I had continued playing throughout all those times? You know? Right. And uh, I was like, you just got to give it your all. So I just went to like road warrior mode and I, from Texas, I just started going to Wizard World tournaments, and they happened to open up these round these round one arcades that got got Tekken Seven Vanilla. So we, I had access to Tekken Seven before it came out, and I uh, I met Nashi at uh, at like Wizard World Philly. We just we just hit it off like right off the bat, and Nashi became my sparring partner at that time. And I would go to the round one and practice Vanilla, and then go home and go into practice mode. Uh, with Nashi on tag two and just like practice uh, just just practice four seven doing tag two playing tag two but playing it Tekken seven style not right. like, doing it as close to Tekken seven don't do anything tag two just yeah. do Tekken seven <laughs> the singles right yeah and that's how I uh, that's how I was able to beat Saint at uh, a final round before the game came out that's all awesome dude so tag two you completely skipped and Tekken six and then you know you had stuff going on but you got you just felt like riding a bike you just got right back into it huh you know it's crazy so yeah so i I did the very beginning of six and then tag two i was like the only tekken i didn't buy during launch like and then i jumped on to tag two like at the end like before just before i moved out of new york and uh and like and went through all that shit. Like I was well, while I was going through all that shit, I think I started playing Tekken more. I was like, you know, I used Tekken to like kinda to battle the all the all the garbage that was happening in my life. So um that was where I got back into tag two at the end. So everybody was good at tag two and I'm coming back and I'm like totally garbage. And it's crazy because I was the second I was second in Evo and went to Japan the same year. And when I came back I took losses like I did when I was a brand new player again. It was like <laughs> I had to start all over again. Damn. I went to like, well, I was going to Tekken 7 tournaments like after I had moved to Texas. And I was losing to like, I was losing to guys that like were, they were just, I, I, I'm not trying to put anybody down, but like they, they were like nobody. Like, Job. I was, yeah, these are guys that were just like, and I, the guy, and I'm sure some of them are, are going to be listening to this. And they're going to be like, I got him. This is the Job Squad <laughs> podcast. So, yeah, that's right. They're going to be like, I got him. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll tell you, man, if you put it down, like for, for a couple of games like that, and you remove your mind from it, and you remove your reactions from it, and then, uh, like, like not to say I was abusing my body on a, on a lot of ways. I was very stressed, and like I was going through a lot of shit too. So that didn't help either for my reflexes and my reactions and all that. But uh, but there was like, you know what it was? It was like certain matchups I'd be great against. 
I'd be fantastic on like certain matchups, but then like I would come across like a Lars or like a Elisa or like any Tekken six or Tekken tag two characters. I would just get rug in my world rocked by these people so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how it has, that was like the full circle and that's how I came back. And what's yeah. funny is I came back and my only character that I had to use at the time was Paul. Just like when I was a kid, all I had was Paul before I had it was Eddie. Yeah, Eddie was an out on right away, right? For T7? Right, right. Yeah. That's, a crazy That's awesome. You don't meet too many people who played T7 in America, I guess, before it came out. It wasn't in too many places. And, and I got one last chance when I was in Dallas to relive that, that arcade scene. And we would all meet at the arcade and we would all play. And we had rank and we played, we played death matches and... So, you know, it was like I got one last chance to 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 get that feeling that we were talking about earlier, um, at the very end. See that that your whole story, dude. That's that whole part of between T six and T seven. Honestly, that's like a pretty a pretty big story. I feel like a lot of people, you know, will end up going through something like that in life, right? We just hit that point. We just need to like really look at what you want to do, and right. sometimes you're in the wrong place. And I, I kind of felt that way, you know, uh, like maybe a year or two ago and i went through this pretty big weight loss experience myself uh, recently and like i just kind of started like looking at what's important right i need to put like the my priorities straight and i, I just i kind of like I, I i like your story dude that's all i really want to say that's a really like cool thank story. you i'm glad that you you know you came out on the the brighter side of all of that and it's, it's pretty cool man yeah, yeah yeah thank you and and it's just like i say hopefully you know, if, if anything, if anybody can get anything from this, like, um, follow what your heart wants, do what you yeah. want. And, and that will, that will lead you to purity and that will lead you to, to your, to your best self. Because if I had continued chasing dollars, if I had continued, yeah. continued doing, I would have been down a very, I was already down a dark path, man. I might not even be here to speak to you guys. I might be in jail or I might be dead somewhere. Yeah. Like I was, it was getting bad. I was getting very reckless. I was, I was driving around and, and doing things like under the influence. It was really, really bad. And if it wasn't for me, like finding finding that love of Tekken again in my heart and following that, I would have just been in a really dark place. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, Tekken saved my life really. And the FGC allowed it, like allowed me to get back. So you all saved right. my life, which is which is what's because I had no family and I had no friends that were supporting me that were from home i had only the people that, that they it, you guys like the fgc and, and the community like y'all didn't even know me like that like you just trusted me you believed in me and like right. you saw the passion that i had and you guys supported me like people people were like throwing me money to make it to tournaments so i could like build my following and build my name and yeah. and build my brand again and if it wasn't wasn't for this community and if it wasn't for for all of you out here I would I would not be here right now to, to even talk about this. Right. I remember one uh like before this podcast, the, the thing that I knew you for was you were you were an Eddie and Paul player, but you were always mm. like like the fit guy that played tech and was actually good at tech and you know, and you would mention that you you didn't like people um always thinking of, of gamers that you know that that you had to fit the description of being like, you know, out of shape and unhealthy, like right kind of representing like, you know, you can be, you know, both, right? You can be both a healthy guy and and still enjoy playing video games and all that, which is for sure. Yeah, because I right, nowadays I don't really play. Like, I don't compete anymore. I don't really play right. a lot, uh, like casually. But I I coach, 
So right. that's, I have a few students and, uh, I really try and push, you know, health, health, take care of your health, take care of your body. Because if you have the right sleep, you have the right hydration, you eat the right foods, your brain is just going to fire off oh. faster than somebody that's, that's sleep deprived and eating junk and, and just like out of shape, you know, the, the blood's not circulating. Yeah. Right. There so. we go. A lot of, a lot of players do have that, like exactly what you just mentioned, right? They just don't sleep. They don't sleep well. They eat terrible. And right. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it plays a big role. I think it's yeah. probably the, the most underrated part is exercising while competing in video games. It's probably the most underrated thing that people don't talk about enough. Like it yeah. literally, I think it makes you like 15%, but if you could quantify maybe 15, 25%, more on your shit reactions, just not no junk in your mind kind of thing. Like it's, it's so underrated. Sure. Can, you, can you talk about fitness and all yeah, that? yeah. So when I moved, so I went to Texas. Then my father was uh, pretty much on his way out, and I came back. I moved back to Long Island to be here with, for the family for my father passed. So then after that happened, uh, it was like. I was just kind of here. I was working on streaming. I was hanging with Nashi. I was trying to, I was traveling to, to locals and, and whatnot. And then I was like, my, my family didn't want me to be like, you're not going to just hang out here and not get a job. You know, I was like, I, I'm working. I'm working on this. Like, no. So I was like, all right, like, fuck this. And Trungi is like, yo, come to Tennessee. And he's like, we got a house for you. We got a spot for you. Come here. We'll take care of you. So I went down to Tennessee and I needed to get a job down there while I was training with Trungi. So I got a job at Gold's Gym. And um, I worked, I actually worked at the daycare at the gym. And I worked out like every day on my break. And I would literally listen to like, I would listen to like round two versions of every song on the Tekken 7 track, just like getting <laughs> fired up the Souk <laughs> and the Mission to Dojo, you know? And, Dude, that's, uh, that soundtrack's actually just fucking good. I, the people gave, T7 soundtrack, too much shit, but yeah. So good. It's Tekken 7 soundtrack. It's so good. And I would just, I'd be pumping away, pumping weights to the Tekken music, thinking about beating like JDCR, thinking about like <laughs> beating Anakin, just thinking about beating my competition at the gym and using all the motivation was to be healthy so I could, you know, handle all these plane rides and I could handle sitting down for these long sets and I could handle like, like work, catering my workouts so for my you know for my posture and for my body and to, and to just succeed and to be healthy and yeah it was a very very uh important part of like my time when i was competing when i was living in tennessee the last you know last few years damn that's awesome yeah people gotta work out man that's that's very motivating for me i gotta i gotta start going every day and been yeah. trying to get you every dude. everything guys yeah everyone everyone that's listening do something you don't gotta lift weights stretch you know like do like walk you know ride a bike go play basketball play racquetball do something just keep yeah. your body going find something that you enjoy and do it and it'll just it'll complement anything that you're doing game video games or not like it's so important these days like having your health is so important yeah and this was a perfect time. I mean, during lockdown, like everyone had time to reflect and look at, you know, like what are they, what are they not right. doing? What they should be doing, right? So that's that's kind of why I mentioned that I, last year I went in like on this health grind is because I had all this time and I didn't want to have an excuse of like, oh, I'm too busy during the day or anything. No, I had no, I, I lost my job. All my classes went online, so I just started, I started just jogging and I, you know, just little by little started, you know, just running around my neighborhood and it just became like a daily thing. 
you know and that's then awesome this year i i just really wanted to try out my type i've always been interested and you know especially just from playing tekken and, and playing like bruce and, and josie i always wanted to try it out so right right into it and i fell in love with it dude <laughs> oh that's awesome I, that's my next uh goal is to is to pursue uh, some type of martial arts some type of fighting style yeah. Give, give it a go, dude. Muay Thai is dope. Um, Jiu-Jitsu is also up there. Those, those are so fun, dude. I'm sure you you would love them. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely interested. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research on different things. I even want to, I was like, should I learn Capoeira? But I don't know about that. that might be- <laughs> I, I kind of hard to find a gym for that. I, I don't think I've ever bumped into one like that. You know? <laughs> yeah, Capoeira school that would be pretty cool if I, if yeah. I come across that. So, um, but I'm definitely so awesome. in. Yeah, in the next year or two, I will definitely uh, take take that on. I can't do that right now. I'm super busy with what I'm uh, oh, yeah, yeah. what I'm doing now. But uh, yeah. but yeah, no, that's that's on the horizon for me for sure. That sounds great. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to hear that from you. That's really cool. Yeah, dude. Sure. All right. So Tekken Seven, you you did pretty. I mean, I'm looking at your. I mean, as many results I could write down, but you know, top eight Geico Gaming Championships. Like you've had awesome placing. Stream Hack Atlanta. You got third. Like how how's second seven been to you? What are the biggest takeaways you have from second seven? So in a, when it comes to placing, I only won one major. The only one I won was KIT. I don't even know if that's on my uh, on my Twitch. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, I mean, I, I'm looking at your Liquidpedia, but yeah, Kumite, you got first. Yeah. Okay, so that yeah, so and and then but another really really good run was uh, was DreamHack. That was like the DreamHack Atlanta was crazy. Uh, that's probably my. How best. you beat Jimmy? Yeah, that's my best yeah. like Tekken Seven win is Jimmy. So, uh, well, I guess you know what that says something right there. My best Tekken Five win was against Bronson, and my best Tekken Seven win was against Jimmy. So obviously, the be- West Coast is like the best. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you guys are mad good. So uh, I would say it wasn't the placements that that was the biggest success for me in Tekken Seven. It was the places that I got to go to. So I got to go to Chile. I got to go to Amsterdam. I got to go to Ireland. I got to go to Greece, and I got to go to Thailand. That's amazing! Oh, Holy Thailand. shit, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, and um, especially with Greece, something that I've always—it's like my name is Spiro, you know—and I'm like a hundred percent Greek, and like there's been so much Greek culture involved in my life, and I never got a chance to go, like. No one like would ever send like my family was like yeah. never able to send me and like I always wanted to go and my friends would all go and I would hear all these great stories and then when I went to Amsterdam I met all the Greek Tekken players you know and um, they came up to me and it was it was similar to like when I was in Japan and the Eddie players came up to me these Greek these guys from Greece came up to me and they were like yo you're like the best Greek Tekken player ever. You know, wow. like, like they're like, yo, it's an honor to meet you. And then they're like, I remember the one guy. He goes, he's like, Spiro. He's like, you come to Greece anytime. <laughs> you have all you need is one euro, and we will take care of you. <laughs> That's awesome. Get, you get on the plane, you get here, and we got you covered, Spiro. Don't worry. Because the name Spiro is like the name John over there, right? They knew you were Greek, right? Oh, yeah. It's like super, super common name. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So, um, so yeah, and, and they and they did. And they all they all took care of me. They all took care of me. Like uh, Tassos, the guy who, who's, the or, who's like the main organizer, uh, he put together like all these different people that like like different families and different players like to, to to house me for a week 
I didn't have to pay for any rent. Like I just was able to go for three weeks and like experience the culture. And like, like I literally like felt my own roots, like going there and just like, just being where like my ancestors are from and then being like taken care of, like I'm, like I'm one of them, you know? Um, and then just playing, like I, I grinded. I played so many games, like against Nivek and against all the play. I got to play everybody in Greece, like all over. And it was, like I said, the two my two greatest life experiences is Greece and Japan. Um, awesome. It, and it's it's if it's all because of Tekken. And if it wasn't for Tekken, I would have never ever gotten a chance to like learn about myself and about my culture. And uh, right. I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful for, you know, for all these guys that, that were, that were so accommodating and welcoming to me. And I, uh, yeah. Yeah. This, I feel like we got a lot of, I mean, what you're saying is totally true, man. The FGC is beautiful. I've made so many freaking lifelong friends and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm happy. This is more about that. I mean, that's what I'm getting more out of it than, you know, hey, Tekken's really cool, but yeah, just the lifelong friendships and lessons you learn. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like, man, we've robbed you. I, I said this would be an hour and this would be two hours, but uh, dude, this is awesome. I mean, freaking, I, would, do you have anything else, Ian? I feel like no, I don't know how to even close out so much, dude. Yeah, yeah I mean, man. I kind of gave you guys, I kind of gave you guys the whole. You guys said an hour. I was like, there's no way I can get through all. This. <laughs> <laughs> it awesome. happens every every time. We we always think, oh, it's gonna go on for an hour, and it, before we know it, it's like two hours have gone by, and we're like, what? Like, you know, like yeah. it happens naturally. Like it's just. Honestly, you were one of like the, the coolest dudes to have on here, dude. It was pretty awesome hearing your whole story. Yeah, this is definitely way more fun than NYK. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on the show and, and listening to me. And uh, yeah, it's like really nice to share my story. And um, hopefully, I could inspire other people to to follow their dreams and, and do what it is that that makes them you know makes yeah. them thrive and, and makes them be be the best person that they could be. Yeah, if I see you at a tournament, dude, I'm gonna introduce myself to you and give you a hug, man. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Virtual hug, virtual. Hug. Oh yeah, virtual. Yeah. Hug. Six foot uh, distance hug. Right, so, right. So as far as storytelling, who would you, who, whose story, who should we beg to be on the show next? Like we begged you, who's a OG Tekken player that would be an interesting story? Maybe you don't know too much about that. Kind of point of swords. Oh man. Put me on the spot here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when we asked MYK, he, he mentioned you, so that's why we kind of. Yeah. Really? Oh, it was, it was, I think it was because we were talking about, you know, the whole uh, money match story. So, like, it, it made sense to have your side, you know, on the podcast. So, I think that's why he mentioned you right away. But I, I almost want to beg Bronson, but dude, he's a dad and he's busy. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> dad, dad world. Yeah. Um, uh, you know what would be so. I'm trying to think of like. I would love to hear Orario's story because I don't even know anything about his story past, you know, like I, I don't even know much about him at all, but I think he's pretty, he's pretty like under the radar doing his thing. Yeah. Um, right. But as like, as like an active Tekken player right now, I'm just trying to think of who, Oh man, I don't, I don't know. I would. Uh... Okay. Who's I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll don't gotta figure it out. Honestly, I got I got something for you. I got something for you. It would be great to hear to hear Shadow's story. Oh yeah, oh, that's a good dude. one. Yeah. I would love to hear Shadow's story. Yeah, because he's uh he's one of the he's one of the greatest Tekken players yeah. alive right now, in my opinion. And, Definitely uh, in his prime right now. 
Yeah, he's just such a nice guy and just always such a respectful, real deal dude that um that I've I've just always always been a fan of. So yeah, yeah, he's definitely the most low key. Like he's so quiet. I feel like I don't know anything about him yeah. other than he's just amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 a great dude, really good dude. Yeah. All right, Spirit Jen, we're gonna say thank you. Let you go to sleep. It's East Coast, right? You're on East Coast time. Yeah, I got about an hour before bedtime, so uh, for sure. Thank you for coming. Right, man. It was honestly a great episode. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was great. It was great sharing my story with you guys. And uh, you ever want me on the show again? I'm I'm here for you for sure. Dude, man. Thank you. You dropped so much knowledge on us. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Not a problem. You guys have a great night. All right. You All too. Right. Good night. All See right. You. Take care. Peace. Tekken Podcast.